Did you have a good weekend? Great weekend. Um, we had NASCAR to watch, so I was good with that. There the weather go. was good. weather was great. It was awful warm during the day. Uh, and now it's obviously. humid today, and I just I want to get away from it. Humid. Uh, I just want to say the joy of my weekend, and Kevin, I texted you about this. Yesterday, I'm on my way home from church. <laughs> I turn on WHS. Bust a move zone. And I'm thinking, you know, I never thought I'd have the day when I turn on WHS and Busta Moves playing. <laughs> I tell you what, folks, if you want to find the, the most eclectic music and, and it will meet all of your needs, <laughs> make sure you tune in WHS, I, man. My, my kids went insane <laughs> when they heard that. Well, I, here's what's funny also, Rob. Uh, so what Calvin does, he sits in there and he goes year by year and he'll take the top 40 hits and, and, and that's what he puts in. Um, so one of our other interns – and he doesn't know a ton of these songs. Right. We have four different versions of Stairway to Heaven in the system. <laughs> I don't even know more than one. But I do know that our intern said, I've put four different ones in there, and, and none of at the first three weren't Led Zeppelin that, that he put in. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so, you know, with the Beach Music folks, what, what they do a lot of, they do remakes and, and add some some beach flair to it. So that's what a lot of that ends up getting turned into is the older music gets turned into to beach music remakes. And, and you can, it's a wonder you didn't hear a bust a move remake from, from one of the beach <laughs> bands. To tell you the truth uh, is, is how, uh, how bad he is with that. But yeah. He, he, you can hear anything and everything. I love it. On, love uh, it. On KTC, uh, country music, of course, WCSL 1590. And uh, on the rest Got of the oldies, oldies, oldies and more. Good morning from Michigan gets its afternoon. Roger Emmons. Yeah, you guys are a little bit behind us there. Was About an hour was Michigan. About an hour behind I, I, us, I, hour I, and a half. I think so. Because I've been to Utah, and that's two hours, so it's not quite that far away. It just away. depends. I mean, Chris Weber didn't know what a timeout was, so I'm not sure. Yeah, time's Michigan, a little skewed yeah, up there. Yeah, time's a little different so. in Michigan. Well, so. they obviously, you know, they they uh, they, they, they need to know what the uh, time zone is. And North Carolina in, loves that he didn't know what, it, what that's time they, it was. They need to know what time it is in, in Boone. Uh, yeah. is, is what they need to know in Michigan, what what, what time it is. That, that's all they need to know. Right? Yikes. But uh, thank you, Roger, for tuning in. Uh, and I guess good morning to yeah. you then. Um, it's no, it's, it's just no, it's still, no, it's it still be afternoon. It's still an afternoon. I, I would still say good afternoon. Yeah. Hunter's going to catch up. I'm, I'm, you still, I'm you, answering him. You're still, uh, are you still in whatever mode you are in from Saturday? You struggling? No, I'm not. Not today. Okay. So you're doing good. I'm doing a lot better today. Yes, Michigan is on the central time zone for you. There we go. Okay. Uh, the, the time zone's actually, I'm trying to think, it's, ah, I'd have to look at it. Uh, the, the, it's, it's weird the, the way it goes. It moves around. But anyway, we've got a list of things to go over today. The NBA returns, uh, 22 teams. We talked a little bit about that this past week. We'll mm-hmm. look forward to We'll get into more of that. MLB has a 76-game proposal between the owners and the players. We'll see how that comes out. PGA returns this weekend to the Colonial. So the PGA is getting ready to kick back up and play. I always thought that was one of the sports that could get going without the fans. And, um, you, you, you know, the players don't they don't make contact. Um, so really the only people touching anything that the other guys touch, I would say, would be the caddies touching the flags. And, you can wear gloves. And, and that, yeah. There so the go. caddies can easily it's wear fixed. you know, the, the, the gloves or whatever. Uh, well, the new rule, in, in, of course, in, in golf is you can leave the flag sticks in now. So mm-hmm. some of the guys might not don't even need to touch it. Might not just, just leave, it, leave, leave that mm-hmm. joker in there. Um, I, would, I would guess there's a lot of 
at the local courses level, a lot of leaving it in the flag. You know, that might even be a rule at some courses. I haven't been to to them all, but that that could be a rule. Just, right. just leave mm-hmm. the flags in uh, during the coronavirus. So, um, we've got uh, Sunday. I didn't know if you guys have noticed Sunday night coming up. There's a new documentary on Espen McGuire. I know what you, yep. It's coming up Sunday, so I want to get some thoughts from Rob on on some of those days. He'll he, he'll remember those. I think Hunter wasn't even born yet, so um, we can talk a little I'll bit about here and of, of what happened uh, during during that season and and those years. And then I got a couple of things with Rob uh, to get do and go over. So I first of all, let's introduce uh, Rob to our fans. And what we like to do, Robbie, is go over your favorite teams and and things like that. So. Let's start uh, with uh, basically let's go over the teams that you pull for. You know, basketball, baseball, football, whatever, anything and everything. Uh, I'm going to go with the ones that I that I know. I know you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yes, sir. Fly Eagles, fly! Finally got you a championship that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a little bit. And I know you're a Duke Blue Devils fan. Yes, sir. I got you. I got the Duke. Uh, shirt right behind you, I appreciate Rob. For your that. Friends. That's, that's, friends don't let friends go to Duke. That's, that's very kind. The only bad thing about that shirt is they misspelled Duke. It's D O O K. Let's see. And then I believe you're an Atlanta Braves fan. Yes. And so that leaves NBA. Do you have an NBA team, a, 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 a NASCAR, or uh, any other sports, uh, you know, like tennis or hockey or anything else like that you pull for, Rob? We'll get to know you a little bit. Uh, Struggle with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even having the Charlotte team, I'm just never been a big fan. I, I guess I would pull for the local team. Mm-hmm. NBA wise, it's all about matchups. I enjoy watching matchups, who's playing who, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, Hockey wise, I, I love the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, kind of the same vibe with the Eagles. I, going back to the Legion of Doom and 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 that Edge City. And it was interesting. Uh, my son actually started doing some. Uh, looking back at our family history, and my family originally come from Germantown, Pennsylvania, which is right in the heart of Philadelphia. Huh. So, uh, I don't know if it's something that's in it's this inborn into you that <laughs> because you come from that area or You're what it is. Getting called back home. That's right, exactly. Has so, anyone in your family ever booed Santa Claus? I'd, I'd say that's possible. <laughs> that's I would the, say it's absolutely that, possible. That's the question. <laughs> I'm wondering. My kids may have had at some point because, because of disappointment. But <laughs> the, the dad, the, the uh, po- boo, <laughs> the, the pony wasn't there. So what you know? What, what do you expect to happen? So um, uh, on the NASCAR front, with Dale Jr. retiring, I was a, I was a big senior fan, and and when when his passing, I know like a lot of people, it, you kind of left the sport, kind of getting back into a little bit more now, but kind of similar NBA wise. Well, they don't have a driver, just mm-hmm. like seeing the competition, uh, things like that. So I would say those those are the big things. And then, you know, I'm such a fan of local sports here in, in mm-hmm. our area. That that takes up the majority of, of my focus uh, sports-wise and enjoyment, things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at. Have you been to a Charlotte Knights game since they've moved to Charlotte? Yes. <laughs> I have not, so – uh, nice field, stadium, everything. Uh, yeah, Very I mean, nice. It's, it is. I mean, you hate you can't go this year though, Kevin. It's and, and the thing is, you can it's tell. True. I know you can't. <laughs> you know, the design is there for a possible MLB team one day. Mm-hmm. I think the way they did it was, you know, I don't give the city leaders and people a lot of credit for this stuff, but having been to both Atlanta and St. Louis's baseball stadiums, the way they put them in such a small mm-hmm. space, the way I believe. 
that they did the BB&T park is that they could actually, because if you remember back with Sosa and them, they were building tons of seats and even at Turner Field in the upper deck. And they didn't. They haven't sold those lately. Right. So the way I think they built it is that they could build up and keep the field there. Absolutely. And then you could just tear down whatever. You know, if it's a new team comes in there, they'll be like, well, we'll keep the bottom level and we'll just build up however mm-hmm. we want. I, you know, you'd probably have to knock out maybe one of those streets there and close it down mm-hmm. and, and just close that one street down together to make it bigger. But I, I think they... You've been inside of. You think they got a big enough room to expand so. back think, out? I, I, think, so. I think that. I think that was their plan when they designed it. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. originally because they knew they were a part of the few teams that are looking or the few cities that are being selected for possible expansion team. They were like, you know, well, if we get it, instead of the, us building a completely new stadium, we could just add on to this one, and key, it keeps them right, you know, still next door to the Panthers. It's almost like a, you know, just like a little. That's almost like a little sports area. Yeah. And the, but the key there, guys, if you're Major League Baseball, they have to be an American League team. I think it would be insane to put a team in Charlotte and oh, and, right, and, yeah. and, and put them against the Braves. It wouldn't work. I think I think what it, to me it would almost force the team in Charlotte to fail. Well, Rob, because you, you you're not going to see many leave leave no, the Braves. No. Well, do you, could you see then them moving Tampa Bay? To Charlotte, since they're having such a hard time pulling fans and just keeping them in the American League, you can literally keep the absolutely. Rays as the name. Just call them the Charlotte Rays. Yeah, I that's think exactly absolutely. what you could do. Yeah, I think absolutely that could happen. Surely they wouldn't do that if they're going to keep the the Rays as a. There's no damn. <laughs> we have the Carolina Beach. I mean, we have the Carolina Beach though. I mean, well, we have. Maybe a beach. we can go back to some of those old ones like they did for the Hornets. The Char- Maybe they can be the Charlotte Spirit. To the Cougars or flight, or <laughs> and we're revamped the Charlotte Bobcats. Just Maybe so, they'll be more successful. Hey, yeah, we'll go ahead, do that. Why not? Are there any cats? And well, there's the Tigers. I suppose are there is any it. cats? And that's it, though. There's no lines and not in professional baseball. You know, there's no lines in basketball. It's a weird one. I've told you what they've needed to do when they come to like renaming. New Orleans should be the Jazz. So take that name from them. Give the Jazz the old Bobcats name. Or Utah, the old Bobcats name, and then just, you can just go away with the New Orleans, the Pelicans. I, I you can get rid of the Pelicans. Here's what I would do, guys: It's summertime. You get a baseball team in Charlotte. They love that Pelicans. You name, call the them. Yeah, I don't know why. The Carolina Yard Sales. <laughs> if there's anything that speaks to this area in summertime, the Carolina Yard Sales. I see, I see them end up being a, a snake name, a Cobras or Copperhead. Wouldn't it be cool or, though if somehow they got Michael Jordan involved and called him like the Charlotte Flight? That would be great. That'd be really cool. Here's here's a name, and I've never figured out why in this area it's not used more. And I know we have there's a the, the soccer team up north that uses the Revolution, but for this area, oh, with yeah, the DC. history, you know, mm-hmm. for the history of this area and what it did during the Revolutionary War, oh, no, I, I, I think England. I think the mm-hmm. you know the Charlotte Revolution, yeah, to, to me, I, yeah, it sounds kind of soccery. I guess mm-hmm. is that a term a soccery yes. kind, kind of name? But to me, for this area, would be very appropriate. To use that kind of name, I think you could almost pull in using the name. You could use the Jets name and just instead of and just literally have like a fighter jet is like your because somehow the city of Charlotte, you know, we're known really for two things: banks. We're big with the you know banks on the East Coast, and Charlotte Douglas is one of the busiest airports on the East Coast, and 
you could i tell you what if you come up with some kind of money thing and then you have a night where you're hitting a bunch of home runs and this pa guy comes on and says it's raining dollar bills y'all <laughs> i mean you know it's a possibility someone needs to give us some calls we've got some great ideas for charlotte if you get a major league baseball team it's I'm, in the works, I'm just in, i'm just trying to think of, do you of, think of charlotte names? gets one do you, like, i think they eventually, they eventually do you think they do eventually will because yeah. we got the soccer team coming, so it's I don't know when. It's it's but. too big. Of, it's too big of a market. There's 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 a lot of baseball teams and football teams that Charlotte's bigger than, and mm-hmm. I think it's that's crazy to think. When it's I just was a matter in, of relocation or, or addition. I, I was in broadcasting school about four or five years ago, and they were talking about how Charlotte wasn't quite a top fifteen market yet, and in five four or five years, it's already creeping into the top fifteen for markets. So it's crazy. I mean, yep. just how how fast Charlotte is growing, and they're really pushing for more infrastructure, more public transportation because they want to. You know that we've held the Democratic National Convention. We were going to hold the Republican National Convention. They want to host Super Bowls. They right. know the Olymp. No, it's not the Olymp- The World Cup is coming to the Americas, but uh, in North America between Canada, United States, and Mexico. We we already host we already host international games in Charlotte. Why would they they want to probably host one of the FIFA games? I tell you, an event that I think will be here one day, and it's it's a big one, and it sounds crazy, but I think WrestleMania comes probably. to Charlotte comes to Charlotte one one day. They'll do it, and they'll have Ric Flair come out. But there you go. They're <laughs> running out of time. They are running out of time. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting a little uh, getting a little late for that one. Man, it didn't but didn't uh, isn't there a reason? I I don't know. Isn't there a reason, Rob? If Smoke was here, he could tell me for sure. There's a reason that WWE hadn't that they had a rift with Charlotte at some point or, or something. Yeah, there going was on. a there was a little something that happened way back when. I and, can't remember and, what and it was. We all know Vince is Vince is not one you know to hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and, I, and, for and, some reason, I'm thinking it was the city, or, and, or there was something that went on. Dang it! I think now though, I think if you go back, I think if they would approached again, uh, I think those things could be put to bed. Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, That's a I, tough one, though. I, I'm still trying to think of nicknames that I like. Um, one nickname I do like that that nobody ever uses is dragons. Why do Why do we never have any dragons? All the sports you, you could you could yeah, have. Yeah, I don't such even cool... I don't even think UAB whose logo yeah, think, is a dragon. I, I they don't the even last, call themselves well, wasn't, the dragons. Wasn't Barcelona, they're the Blazers. <laughs> yeah, they're the Blazers, but it's a dragon. <laughs> wasn't Barcelona? There's I think a dragon. The, the last dragons in, mm-hmm. in the old. Uh, and you see Crest over here with yeah, Crest Middle. <laughs> the, the, the Crest Middle's the Crest Middle's got their dragons. And, uh, well, <laughs> when before they obviously expanded or you know got away with the XFL, there was Seattle that was the Dragons. That about, was what they were trying to pull. Yeah, you know, just thinking about some of these teams like um, the the we did the onomatopoeia one time, and I went through the cities. The, the one of them was the um, can't remember which city it was, but I like the rhinos for for teams or or hippos or or any of these people make fun of hippos. They actually kill more humans than I think any animal. They're the most dangerous land <laughs> mammal on the planet. Is, is, a, is a hippo. Um, it, there's there's not many gator. There's no gators in in pro sports uh, or crocs. Uh, it seems to me that they just they they, they miss the a lot of the pro sports. They see someone. the names lions, tigers, and bears and just want to run with and it. And then that guy says, "Oh my!" And that's yeah, they, that's it. That's what they do. Yeah, they, it's it's good. Tonight. It's it's good television <laughs> for him just to go. It's the lions versus the tigers, or and, the and lions versus the bears. Be, oh my! Let's be honest, guys. You are so worried today that your name is going to offend. Oh yeah, that you 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 are. 
we well, basically got to be an animal. We, yeah, I see it. I mean, it's basically that's so you're where confined. we're at now. Is, you're is, confined. Is, is basically it's either choice. has to be an animal or you know, I mean, you could probably get away with the knights. You could probably get away with something mythological, like for God's sake, the, the there's a team called the Damn Wizards. It's, my, about, it's my team, but how about you know, this Charlotte Steel. I could see there. them doing the Charlotte oh, Sting just as much. <laughs> I, I know that. You, I know that. Isn't the Charlotte Sting the women's That's team? The women's basketball. Yeah, team, but sir. I could see the <laughs> like. I could see them trying to stick with some sort of. Because what is it? The Greensboro Swarm, the Charlotte <laughs> hey, Sting, for a the Charlotte team, Hornets. The best name is is the Bats. That's, there you go, <laughs> Charlotte Bats. Charlotte Bats. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, you can have, the bats. Yeah, you no, have you, Batman you and be Robin Knight. You got a choice: you're either the Charlotte Bats or the Charlotte Balls. Which would you rather be? I'm gonna be the bat. I'm gonna be out there swinging a big bat. I, I was talking to Andre earlier about that North Korean team, the Korean team, North Korean team, South Korean team with the. Uh, the uh, the dinosaur. Yeah, it's what the dinos. <laughs> the or something dinos. Like that? They're called the NC dinos. I like that. Their mascot. He, he's here's a, the thing. Though. He's a brute. Have here's, you seen him, Rob? Yeah, but here's the question. Rob, you seen Does, that guy? I've not seen oh, hold on, it, it when they bring the it, eventually because we've sat here and said we think they're going to bring a major league baseball team here. Do they do the whole one Carolina thing and go with the oh, name yeah. Carolina, thought, or yeah. do they do Charlotte like the Hornets are? Now, you get two different taxpayer bases by naming it one Carolina. Yeah. That's what they'll yeah, do. That's exactly what they'll yeah, do. Yeah, but they only see, but you, you know exactly what will happen. They'll they'll say that, but only take tax money from the North Carolina people because they're in Charlotte. No, that's true, <laughs> That's true. exactly what will happen. It's the same thing with the Panthers. It's the exact same thing with the Panthers. So I then, like you, then you got to think is, of it like this. <laughs> they, call him, they call him Swole Daddy. <laughs> that is great. Look at him. The, the NC Dinos. Like, yeah. well, why would you not want. What's so crazy is the t- the name's practically already there. We just call ourselves the North Carolina Dinos or the Carolina Dinos. There you Why go. Why wouldn't you just, uh, Hunter? Would you try to keep the name the Knights? Nobody. I, per- I, have, the I perfectly have no problem with the name Knights. I, I like that, the that Knights. would probably be a deal between whoever owns the Knights. The Triple A team. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's that deal. But um, just just trying to. Just well, then keep it keep it in the family. I know they're not going to be a feeder team, but Homer, you could, Homer, you could, Homer the you Dragon. Is the Knights or used to be the Knights uh, mascot? I think I he think still the, is. Do they still? They have still him have the dragon. A, I don't know if his name's Homer. He but. used to be Homer the Dragon. Here's something I thought about, guys. What are the you know? Because now you're getting. I know with the Braves, you're trying to get your your Triple A team close by, so then that yeah. way you can do changes. Because they quick. got you know Rome, Gwinnett, everybody's just right there. This stadium over in Gastonia. The Grizzlies. It's going to be amazing. Should be. They can move the Knights over there. I was about to say, <laughs> if if you end Homer up with is the... still with the Knights. Okay, that like. is his name. So, I was going to say, I recognize Hey, Charlotte him. Dragons, and you buy, name them Charlotte Dragons, and you buy the rights to Homer. I don't see why not. What do you think? You like it? I, this... was, I was going to say, if you want to keep it in the line, like you can still have the Knights somehow get them to become an affiliate to leave the Chicago White Sox. I guess you just buy them out or however that works. And then just call yourself the Charlotte Kings. Or the Carolina Kings. The Knights are serving the Kings. There you go. <laughs> but what were you saying about Gastonia? And, I, and the... I, th- I think with, with that stadium, and like I said, it, impressive as you watch it mm-hmm. go up, can Gastonia end up drop, becoming, if, if you're able to pull this off with a major league team in Charlotte, can the AAA affiliate end up in Gastonia where they're right down the road? I'm similar they're not far. It'd similar to what the Braves situation has going on you know, with Gwinnett and, and the Braves. You could either say it would either be Gastonia or somehow, some way, they're going to push it out to Concord. Right. That 
that would be probably the two closer and ideal places. Or they just look at it and say, if we're trying to get this one Carolina unity, go to they put it in Greenville or Rock Greenville Hill. Greenville or the drive play. Greenville, yeah, either Greenville, Rock Hill, Fort Mill, that area. Right. Just somewhere that's close. I mean, Spartanburg, whatever. You know, something that's just right down the road. But if that, could they do that? Yeah. Will they? They probably will, because that stadium well, in Charlotte well, is meant. And, it and, is meant for a major league team. And we got to realize too, we are talking about major league baseball, who cannot get out of its own way. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk. You know, because I know we're talking about the we talk about the the schedule that they've offered up now to the players again, mm-hmm. a shortened schedule, pay cut. Here's the thing: baseball better start thinking about. You're not alone this year when you start back. No, I've the, been saying that forever. That, to me, that's a that is they're a, fighting the, tooth and nail for viewership. And I'm gonna tell you what, guys, hockey the hockey playoffs are going to be incredible this year. It's it's going to be good. To it. You of course we know what basketball is going to bring to the table. So now you're you're and and football is always king. It's always has always has something going on. So now eyes are being turned a lot of different directions. Major League Baseball better be careful. They're asking for a lot of trouble if they can't work out their differences and get something to the fans. So, well, here's the thing: if if you were baseball right now, I'd do everything to get started by in two weeks. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, while basketball is still getting everything worked out and is going to start later, because when basketball starts up, I told Tom this, and he was like, "Oh, how how could you say that?" I'm be honest. Sure, they're going to play eight regular season games, but when postseason basketball starts, you better believe I'm watching that over a regular season base, major That's league right. baseball team game. Right. When postseason hockey starts, I'm watching a hockey postseason game over an MLB game, and it has nothing to do with me not liking baseball. It's game thirteen compared to oh, I'm either going to win this or I'm going to go home. Game on the line. This is the best teams that are still left. You know what it is. It's higher and, competition and, compared to just right. game 13. And so, and so then, guys, by the time you get to the end of that regular season, guess what? It's football. Big Daddy stepped up. Yes, and, and, it's and football. So, so at no point Major League Baseball has any opportunity like they've had in the past where summer's there. You can and, dominate. That's it. It's either that you're either watching baseball and then Sundays are, are for NASCAR. Right. But Bob, now the, everything's put. Everything is just right there's here. There's a mock-up of what? The Grizzlies. That's that's a stadium supposed to look like. Um, if I, I'm guessing, there on the bottom left is Franklin Boulevard. Um, it, so to give you guys an idea of w- what you're looking at, uh, what's a little grassy area and home run area, and, and there won't what they're wanting to do is add some apartments and and some uh, a bar and drinking district there on the left. If you're looking over there. Uh, in this area, if you can see the see it on the screen, Chris um, Nelson in the chat. MLB is about to really screw this season up. I think they are. Yep. I, so, I think they're really getting in the way of themselves. But this this is beautiful. So this if is this ha- if if it follows, you know, anything can change. But it this mock up, if they follow this for Gastonia, that's the huge draw. So the only what they didn't put on this map, Robbie, is somewhere over here in down this road is. The adult entertainment building. <laughs> and it's right there. It might even be that building over here in the corner. Yeah. This might even be it. I mean, it is very close to that area. We know what the players are going after. I was about to say, keep the players happy. Ha- have it after the players list. and fans happy. <sighs> seventh inning stretch. More like seventh inning. Let's go over here to the gentlemen's club. I have I have been with the I was with the Grizzlies. I had my room I had two roommates. And that were interns with the Grizzlies one summer. And um, let's just say after the games, they had a good time. 
So what, what, I imagine. what I'm going to say is I, I I would bet there's some patrons to that lo- that that establishment there. If you, oh you're watching online, pretty much right above me. Let's go over here. Here we go. Right there, somewhere over in there is 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 the. If you're wondering when you go to the ballpark, <laughs> it's so close. Like everybody that once they put it over there, that was the first question people had: Is that going to be in the left field, or is that going to be part of the left field? The not, left fielder's not getting any action. He's going to walk right out. There's a little secret door there, and he's just going to go have himself a good time. Free admission with a ticket, right, so boys. Robbie, Free admission the with the Eagles, a Duke, a Braves, a Flyers, and the fans of the Earnhardts. Um, the Flyers, I remember when, when I was a lot smaller, was the, the big man was Eric Lindros. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the uh, – he was supposed to be the guy that take uh, uh, Gretzky's place. I basically. have tried to get into hockey more in the past few it's, years. It's soccer on ice. How I, do you not like listen, it? Listen, I know it is. It's just – And, and ho- fighting it. Listen, no, there's no but, flopping in but, hockey. But for <laughs> television – Unless you're just actively searching for it, it's not easily accessible. Like um, like which, which, soccer isn't easily accessible. You talk about channel wise. Yeah, channel wise. Right. It's not, it's not just something where it's like you know on ESPN they're gonna have basketball, college basketball, football. They're gonna show it all. There's not always unless it's a playoff game or a, a big game. And, and I'm gonna be honest, guys. What, some of the most exciting games I've been to in person, and I think that's the big thing for hockey is going to watch the Charlotte Checkers. The Checkers. Yeah. Man, a, a hockey game live. Mm-hmm. Is it's, when, a, it's it's second to none. When I've never was, been, and I've always wanted to. When um, I was little, I uh, well, dang, I was gonna say you could go this year, but they no, they, they really can't. Everything, I mean, anything that's minor league is screwed now. Anymore. I had a friend who got hit in that. He got a black eye at a hockey game because a puck when it came yep. out. Yeah, a puck came man. over the net and hit him in the face. He was about 13, 14 on the baseball team. He came I rem- with a black eye. Yeah, I remember when the Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup. Of course, it's been years ago. I remember that. But I was so young, I never really I never really claimed a team. I would just go to like a TJ Maxx, see a cool hockey jersey, and I would right. wear it. I had right. a Boston Bruins jersey. I had a New York Sabres jersey. Uh, hockey but does have some some nice. They have cool like jerseys, jerseys, and I like, I like the team names as well. I think some of them are really cool. Yeah. Um, but... I've really tried to get because obviously they're getting better now and they're really young. I think this is a great time if you're not if you are trying to get into hockey and you're local, you just root for the Carolina Hurricanes. Absolutely. The problem I think that hurts the Hurricanes is the area they're in, and I know that the Raleigh people probably really love it, but western part of North Carolina, they really just you. It's still mm-hmm. a three and a half hour drive mm-hmm. to go out there and see them. You know, well, there's this yeah. thing where you live right here. It's just as quick to go to Atlanta than, as it is absolutely to, mm-hmm. to, to Raleigh. So yes, when, when you say well, I could be a Thrashers fan just as much as I could be a a, a Hurricanes fan mm-hmm. by driving distance, uh, if that's the way. And then you also you look at it. And not only that, you know, I said this a few weeks ago because the story came out. Hurricanes were dropping dropping the checkers as their feeder team. I said, well, you're basically cutting off opportunity for a whole fan base on the western part of North Carolina right. because if we want to see a hockey game. We're not going to drive it three and a half hours, and it's not easily accessible on television to find. And I just and want to the, see the checkers. The the east versus west rivalry for the state of North Carolina is a real thing. Yeah, I mean that that is an absolute real thing. Whether it's in politics, sports, whatever the case may be, because this state stretches so far, there is a dividing line mm-hmm. in this state. And and like you said, you you until you figure out how to put those things together. It's going to be really difficult, like you said, for a team like for the for the Hurricanes. It's going to be hard to pull off. Not as tough for the Panthers because no. we talked about again 
football is its own entity. Football is king. You're but right. Again, for, for a team like the Hurricanes, how do you pull that together? And like you said, not taking advantage of that relationship with the checkers mm-hmm. is huge. I think it is huge. I think I think that is huge. And I think that's going to be one of the things going forward when, when you know, larger, obviously, like the MLB, you know, all these teams and all these larger leagues are thinking about expanding – they immediately think Charlotte. They never think about Raleigh. And Ra- people forget, like, if they don't know geography, they don't know American history. Raleigh is the capital. As much as people right. could probably sit here and say, well, there's more to do, and Charlotte obviously is the bigger and more well-known city, Raleigh's still the capital. Can you give me a neat trick about how to remember some of the capitals? Listen to the Animaniacs nah, song. Well, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> that. All right, you got me. I was going to say, most, almost all states, mm-hmm. look at the university ne- university, and where they're and at. that is the capital. Columbus. So the University of North Carolina is not in the capital. Mm-mm. NC State is in the capital. Ohio State is in the capital. Right, Columbus. but Ohio University no. is not. That's just a fun little. For sports fans and people that pay attention, that would be fun. But but you understand what I'm saying? It's like they all all these expansion teams. They're always looking at Charlotte. If you're looking right. at the state of North Carolina, Raleigh just gets left out, and that whole area, at least the eastern part of North Carolina, it is the Hurricanes. Or mostly, you're just rooting for college teams. That's about it. Because then you're getting obviously, you know. Duke, yep. North Carolina, NC State is in the triangle. East Carolina's out there. You, it's, that's basically all you really have because you are really, like we said, it's about a three-hour drive. You're excommunicated from the Hornets and the yep. Panthers, which recently you're not really missing much, so it's okay. But then if they bring in a Major League Baseball team, mm-hmm. they're excommunicated from that as well. They got the, the Durham Bulls out there, obviously. They've got their AAA teams, but when it comes to professional sports, all they can hold on to is the Hurricanes. The Panthers... And the Hornets are combined fifty some years, no titles. They got two title appearances. Hornets never made it out of the second round, though. Um, just let's say Panthers can only hold that. They've made the Super Bowl. Yeah, they've twice. they've actually made it. They're they're the I, I call them um, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, because they're both Queen Cities. They're both yep. cats. They both lost two Super Bowls. I mean, you can't get any more similar similar than that. So yeah, the Bengals and the and the. Uh, in the in the Panthers now. All right, the bungholes in the kitty cats. I've got two. Yes, Mount Rushmores today. Okay, and these are especially for Rob. Uh-oh. Rob specific. Now I didn't ask him to prepare because I wanted him to go off his heart and see where he goes. The 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 second one we're going to end the show near the end of the show. But this one I want to do early. All right, Rob, NFL, your Philadelphia Eagles, Mount Rushmore. Oh man, I'm going to give you some nominations from Ranker. Dot com. This is my favorite place to go for. I think they, it's, they do a I think good it's pretty job accurate. Of, of not necessarily get them in order, but it gives you the a good names of the list. So I'm going to give you some of the top 25 names on here. Okay. Okay. Troy Vincent, Nick Foles, Ron Jaworski, Jason Foles. Kelsey, Jeremiah Trotter, Mike Quit, Quick, not Quit, Seth Joiner, Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brock, obviously. Deshaun Jackson, Eric Allen, Zach Ertz, Fletcher Cox, Jerome Brown, Donovan McNabb, Shady McCoy, Jason Peters, Harold Carmichael, Steve Van Buren, 
Randall Cunningham, Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins, Reggie White, Chuck Bednarik. Those hmm. are your nominees for the Philadelphia Eagles, Mount Rushmore. Hunter, mm-hmm. give me one that you believe is going to be on there no matter what. Reggie White, Brian Dawkins, Brian Westbrook, Randall Cunningham. Cunningham was probably who I was going to say. All right. So, but I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Washington fan, so I would never, ever <laughs> put any of them on there. You know what? Take that back. Nick Foles. He well, did win you a Super Bowl. Well, so that's going to be That's going to be tough. Um, you've got Cunningham, McNabb, and Foles. One of them may be the best rushing quarterback of all time. One of them got you to a Super Bowl and or three, what, three mm-hmm. NFC championships? Yeah. And the other one won the dang thing. Tom McNabb got him. So that's Yeah, I mean, McNabb's <laughs> done very well. If McFoles don't win the Super Bowl, there's not even a question, but I would say. A lot, of, pe- a lot of people consider Donovan McNabb, though, I think, as a Philadelphia. They consider him almost a traitor because he did go to the division rival in Washington. I know a lot of yeah, people that are Philadelphia fans. They yeah, do not lot, like Donovan hurt, McNabb. A lot of hurt feelings with him. Um, I was funny as you was reading off your list. I was writing down names. I kept thinking, okay, is this person going to show up? Is this person going to show up? For for me, the four, I go with Randall Cunningham. Okay, I think he, what he brought to the table during that time, and watching what he could, he was, he was a Michael Vick before there was a Michael Vick. He was any of these athletic throwing quarterbacks you could think of. Randall was it before them. That's one thing that drives me crazy. Rob, and I'm sure it does you as, as an Eagles fan, is when any time a running quarterback comes out, they say he changed the game. Every single one of them. Vic, Tebow, uh, Kaepernick. Now we're talking about Lamar Jackson. None of them changed the game because if they did, there would be 30 running quarterbacks. That's right. A few of them were, were difference makers, obviously. But Randall Cunningham, to me, his nickname was the ultimate weapon. If he had, I, they had a good defense. They just, I, 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 they did not have the, they didn't have the weapons around him to take advantage of what he could do. Right, you didn't, you didn't have great weapons there. It was kind of like what they did in Atlanta with Vic, where his best receiver was his tight end and Crumpler, and yep. and Keith Jackson might have been Randall's best receiver in Philadelphia for a lot of a lot of that and. If to, it to, wasn't Michael Vick, it was Wart Dunn. I, I don't want to say fed Wart Dunn. I hate to say coaching, but but Buddy Ryan wasn't there for the offense. That's exactly right. Your defense was nasty, and he was a good defensive coordinator. But maybe if you had if y'all had Bill Parcells with that team, mm-hmm. Cunningham to me is the one. And then he goes to Minnesota and goes fifteen and one, reinvents himself as not not only was he faster, could jump higher than almost anyone out there. He threw the ball eighty yards. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, nobody. There's nothing that Randall Cunningham. It helped. He I have had no Vince, complaint. It helped. He had uh, Chris Carter and Randy Moss <laughs> right. to throw to. Uh, right. Well, exactly. And imagine weapons. again, you weapons. Go, you, yeah, yeah, go back to those Eagles teams. He didn't have those guys around him. Yeah, and in Philadelphia, he had the defense and no offense, and then and then Minnesota, he had the offense without the defense. That's right. Um, but Cunningham just he he he's still the all-time leading rusher in quarterback. So Cam's got some couple thousand yards to get to and right now he don't even have a team he got a team so like i don't even know if he's going to get there so you got randall yeah, I got is randall. on there i always thought that might be questionable considering what's happened since him but we'll, uh, that's perfectly fine for me go ahead uh 
if is if if there's ever been a guy that can be on two Mount Rushmores for two different organizations, it's got to be Reggie White. Right. I mean, not on and, and with Reggie, you watch what he did on the football <laughs> field, but you can also look back at his time in Philadelphia, what he did away from the field as well. He had such a big impact mm-hmm. on the city, you know, not just as a player but as a person. So mm-hmm. I I definitely put Reggie White on there. If there's ever been a guy that I think if you cut him open and and the, the that midnight green would pour out, it's Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Dawk, and even after going to Denver, he you know he's come back to the city and and still lives in Philly and 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 is so involved with what they do. And the last time I'm going back and and you go back and watch some old footage of this guy Chuck Benerick. You talk about a beast, and it was neat. I've watched some things of him, and they would have pictures of his hands. And his fingers, where they had been broke so many times, literally were pointing this direction. <laughs> and he still, that's why I can't, I can't imagine those guys today playing because you've got to be so hard edge to be that kind of guy. And if there's ever been a player that played the way a city feels, it would have been Chuck Benaric. So, so those would be my four for Philadelphia. Well, Ranker has Reggie one, Dawkins two. Bedneric three huh. and Randy uh, Randall five. Wow. The person they have in front of Randall Cunningham is Westbrook. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It's hard for me though to have a Mount Rushmore without a quarterback on your on yeah. it though. So if you put Westbrook over Cunningham, you're like But now now Westbrook, I think he's second or third in all time purpose mm-hmm. yards. So that's something you gotta think about. Bedneric, ninety nine percent of the people alive haven't seen him play. And if, if if I'm building a, a mini Rushmore over here to the side of it, mm-hmm. like you said, he he would be Westbrook would be number one right there on that on that group with that group. But and, and so then, Mount and then how do you how do you say yeah, pass less? And, the, and then it. and then Hunter made fun of it, but then again, how do you not? What about Nick Foles? He did win a Super Bowl, but I mean he's got they got the ring. I mean, he but then it. you could but then you could say the same thing about you know what's his name? I I, I don't know why his name. Escapes me. I'm looking right at his what bald team? head. Trent Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Then you can say, oh, well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, but he's not going to be on your Mount Rushmore Baltimore uh, players. Yeah, but so here's my thing. Yeah, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is healthy. He, he wins, wins the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I believe so, too. They going to run a Philly special, Carson Wentz? Yeah. <laughs> Philly, listen, Carson Wentz is almost just as athletic as Nick Foles. That's what got him. That's what gets him hurt. He's, he's a lot bigger than, than people think he is. Wentz is. Isn't he like six six or? Yeah, he's pretty big. He's to, like six five. He's a big kid. What people don't realize too dude. is, he's so he he will say he he was obviously well, he probably was raised in North Dakota. He was born in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Bro, born in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's amazing. You go look at all these players. Carolina connections, baby. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have Carolina connections. <laughs> so, Rob, speaking of that, you can still buy because I was on NFLShop.com's having mm-hmm. sales or whatever. I was looking at some Browns hats. They had a Browns elf shark tooth hat. So that's what I was like. You remember the old shark yep. tooth hat? I was trying to explain to Andre. He couldn't remember what they looked like. That was the most – that's the number one probably selling hat maybe of all oh, time yeah. besides the fitted baseball hats. And up in – went to Pigeon Forge last weekend. They had some up there. They had Panthers and Cowboys. And, and they were the newer versions. They weren't the older versions. Right. So the, the colors were suffered a little bit different. But I, I went and looked online. They had a, they had the, the elf Browns one. But um, – the Rams mm-hmm. getting so oh they have twenty only you can get only twenty two of the thirty teams you can buy the kids you know the kids outfits with the helmets. There's eight teams that don't have them. Tampa's one of them, I think that because they they got the new jersey. I thought mm-hmm. well they're getting new jersey, so I went and clicked on the Rams. No, you can buy the Rams. oh St. Louis. No, no. 
Here's what's bad about the Rams. You can buy the one with the gold oh. helmets. They ain't even had those in how many years? That's been but that's the ones they're sell- selling online for the Rams. You can buy the wow. Rams with the gold helmets. And they're also selling, guys, for $47. You can still get a Todd Gurley kids jersey for the Rams. <laughs> for $47? <laughs> yes. Who? Why, why, who, who knows? I want the guy who did don't play with us anymore and the old design of the jersey, and I, I'm going to drop a 50 spot I think on. I'll hold out on that until it shows up in one of these places where you dig through a bunch of stuff it's and like find it in the $5. $2. Yeah. That's a $5 jersey. That's it's what I'm saying. Bucks. Oh, and uh, L.A., if you're listening, pay the damn man. I know y'all just had to get a little bit of a payout from the NFL because you were so deep in the cap, but come on. Now, the guy shouldn't have to sit oh. here and basically threaten you because you— you have decided not to pay the money That's that right. he's owed. Come on, L.A. Don't be stupid. A, oh. Apparently, a lot of players are in that. I think Clay Matthews uh, mm-hmm. is in that same boat where the contract that he was, he's not been paid all of his money through that contract. He's not even with the team anymore. So Rob's uh, all-time Eagles is Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, Brian Dawkins, and Chuck Bednarik for your Philadelphia I'm Eagles. I'm fine with it. Mount I'm like, I, I know all three. I know three of those four names. I don't know Bednarik. But yeah, you, you got to go if you can find the footage. Go back and, and watch him. <laughs> it's it's absurd. It's absurd to watch him play. Okay, so that's I'm going to move on to. Um, Sorry, Nick Foles. <laughs> let's. Uh, you guys kind of alluded to it earlier. I want to get over. Let's talk baseball. Um, that they're now discussed the 76 game schedule. Uh, Rob, basically where we're at, and it's kind of a little silly. Uh, done as much research on it as I can. Um, from what I've seen, they're they're at a basically a 350, 360 million dollar um, disagreement between the players and the owners. Now, if you do the math on that between 30 owners, that's 10, 11 million dollars an owner. Yep, and they're billionaires. Um, so boo hoo whatever. And, and here's here's the thing I can't figure out, guys. Don't you need to get on TV because of the multi million dollar TV, TV contracts? Right. All their money coming. I mean, you talk about you talk about a huge huge amount of money. They if, wasn't making it at the gate anyways. You see them, nobody's at the ballpark. If, if I'm the Sorry. owners, I mean, it's look, I'm, I, whatever we got to do, we got to get back on television. That's where our money's at. I've got. Let me pull up my. I got a pie chart somewhere. I think the percentages. You know, some people, it is. players might not like that it is seventy games, but I think that's a perfect amount. So, seventy to eighty. I think that's. I think that's how it should have been for years. None of this hundred and sixty-two. I know that's how they have to pay. You know, that's how they get the most guaranteed money to their players. But as a fan, I'm telling you, man, one sixty game, one sixty-one. I really don't care right, about. So basically, what the owners are trying to do is only pay the players with the money they're going to make this year, not with the money they made. Last year, or the money they made the year before, or the year before that. So, Rob, last year they made ten billion dollars. Right. They're expected to make anywhere between three to five billion this year. The owners say we're losing five to seven billion dollars. No, you're making three billion dollars. So, what are you complaining about? They're still making the money. Now they want less games. Because that means they'll have to pay the players less. Right. So the argument is the owners want 40-some 40, 40 games. The players want to play anywhere from 80 to 110 games prorated. Now, they originally agreed to play everything prorated. Now the owners come back and say, we want to pay 40 games and pay, pay uh, your percentage of your contract compared to the team, compared to revenues. So basically, Mike Trout would be making somewhere like $6, 7000000 million on a $40 million contract. Which he can live off six, seven million dollars, but the guy's making 
five hundred. The minimum wage guys are getting five hundred thousand dollars. If you take eighty percent of that away, now they're down to forty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to play baseball. And Man, and that's, that's got to be terrible. And they're risking. <laughs> well, I know that. And they're risking though the coronavirus. That's that's the other thing with it too. Are they risking their health with it? So basically. What it is, it's it's turned into there's a pie between 46 games to 100 games of 360 million dollars, and that's what we're arguing over. So it turns into 10 million a, an and, owner. And I, how many players are Major League Baseball? I don't even know, but it's not that much. And and see, guys, that's the issue now too. We, people are watching this argument take place mm. in the midst of mm-hmm. watching mom and pop shops having to shut down because of what's going on with the coronavirus and the things that's happening in our country. So you begin to even be turned off that much more by a sport that, and I know we're going to talk about Sosa and McGuire in a little bit, that's got to find a way to bring eyeballs back. Mm-hmm. And when It do, really does. And when do you get to that teetering point where those eyeballs don't come back anymore? And that goes back to what we talked about earlier. This year, you're going head-to-head with other sports that, that, that are, we're already watching, getting their stuff worked out, getting ready mm-hmm. to play. While we're watching these two groups bicker back and forth over what they're going to do, the owners and to me, the owners are the are the, the lead in this. They just need to come out and say, "Look, we've got to get our sport back on the field. Let's get going. We're going to pay your con, you know, whatever the the whatever we work out contract wise." I understand not wanting to pay the whole thing because you're not paying. What's the issue with going and looking at a hundred and sixty like the hundred sixty two game schedule? And just average out and and go that's, from there. That's and, what they originally and, agreed and, to. And just do it. Well, that's just what they originally agreed it. to. It and then the owners come back and said, "Oh, we're gonna we're not making enough money." See, so they, they they're reneging on the deal. See, that's and, and again, that's where the owners, if they truly want this sport to continue to try to prosper, mm-hmm. they've got to come back to the table and say, "Okay, let's do this and let's do it that way." Because if we don't, and we don't get out of our own way. We're going to have a lost I season. Think, so and, here's your percentages on where they get their money from. Uh, 20% is gate receipts. Okay. 10% is premium seating. 1% on concessions. So the concessions, they charge you $8 a hot dog. They're still barely making. All, well, they're making money. Think about how much money they're making on everything that's else. That's exactly if they're right. They're charging you $7 a hot dog, and that's only 1% of their of yes, sir. beer. That, that concludes beer. An $8 beer and a $7, a $15 beer and hot dog that they're making $14 on is only 1% of their revenue. It also shows why these stadiums are able to have these sections of all you can eat hot dogs, all you can drink, all you can. And empty seats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, gate receipts is 20 uh, like I said, premium seating is 10, concessions is 1, so that's 31%. And then other everything else on the list is is, is national media, local media, sponsorship, licensing, um, postseason play. So 30% basically is what they would be losing or not making. As a, They're still making 70, the 70% of what they were So basically they're still making the $7 billion, Rob. And instead of either going in their pockets or, or, or that they've saved money for, obviously, mm-hmm. that they don't want to come out of their pockets and put it on the players. And I think it's bad. It, it, it's bad to make the players look bad in this situation. Like, 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 what's their end game? Like, obviously, they can say less games, we make more money. Owners, really, if they cancel the season, oh. they, would, they, would, they, would, they wouldn't lose any money. 
and the and the and the and the players the, they lost a year of 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 money and, right. and that's the difference in these people is that the owners aren't going to lose their their franchise stuff and, and they can go hire replacement players or or whatever else i guess they they might want to do but i don't know that it's i think the owners need to come off of it and um the problem you're talking about the competition i think also when they come back let's say they come back they're going to be going against the nhl playoffs mm-hmm NBA playoffs. Basically, yeah, NBA playoffs. And then maybe the start of football. And all of those, college football. All, right. all of those are big in, in those in those sports. So you, you're 100% right on them. They've got a competition problem to get come back because what you just said, why would I watch a regular season baseball game at any time mm-hmm. as opposed to a playoff game? And, and like I said, it is not because I don't like baseball. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm sitting – Who I don't really care about the Toronto Blue Jays coming over here to play Detroit. Detroit one of them's good, one of them is sorry. Right. When I can watch two of the best teams in their own sport play against each other and there's more on the line, which is why I think baseball definitely needs to do something if they're coming back this year around 70 to 80 games, Mark. And you know why? Because then it becomes – you know what you, they used to say? Oh, it's a mar- you know it's a marathon. You got to take time. Now it's a sprint, mm-hmm. and I think it will make the games more enjoyable, and you'll get more people to tune in because there is that sense of urgency. You can't just you can, but you can't just take a night off. Right. Like you still can. Right. I mean, it's still seventy damn games. The NBA still does it, but still, you can. It's a little bit more urgent than saying, "Oh, don't worry, we've got a hundred extra games by the time you get to game 50. Is a big difference when game 50 hits and there's only about 20 left and you're like, yikes. And especially with baseball, for whatever, you know, lends itself to the team slump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, basketball can have a guy go, you know, struggles a night. The team can still put points on the board. How many times have we seen baseball teams where, for whatever reason, nobody can hit, nobody can hit the ball nobody and they're on hit. a five, six, seven game mm-hmm. losing streak because they just can't put the ball in play? I tell you what, a that's lot. the Baltimore Orioles every year. <laughs> it seems like there's just a, a slump from the beginning to the end. Right. I tell you what, baseball in general, and Rob, you've done enough games over the years. Once one person starts hitting in a game, everybody does because uh, to me, that that answer and reason what you're talking is a timing thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, baseball players, it's all about time. And so if, when I'm in the batter's box watching the pitch in front of me and, you know, I've seen the guy in front of me, I know everything the guy in front of me likes, doesn't like, hits, whatever. If I see him struggling on a curveball and know he hits curveballs, I know this guy's got, got something. That's right. Um, if, if, and, and you can tell, like, you know, I, you know, like say I'm hitting behind Mason or whatever and, and he hits one to right field instead of left field pulls. Well, Mason's got a faster bat than me. I may to look. I may need to look to go to right field, uh, in this at bat. It's just. It's almost like. And you see the guys hit the fastballs in front of you. You know, it's almost a timing in your head. The pitcher let go, bing. Pitcher let go, bing. And then you get up in that batter's box. You're kind of already ready for that. Um, Dustin, uh, we played in adult league. He bats left-handed, and and we were in. We would be in the third base dugout. I mean, first base. Yeah, third base dugout. And I was on deck. I could just look right at him, and he always takes the first pitch. Okay, so I know he's going to take the first pitch. So I can sit there and watch that first pitch and time my pitch, time my swing. I like hitting first pitch. So I see Dustin take the first one, waiting on the second one. He knows as a left-handed power hitter, if he gets a ball in the first one, he's going to get he's going to get to swing at the second one. Maybe right. if he gets a strike in the first one, that guy's throwing something deuce at his feet. And he's not going to get to see it. So even the guy in front of you, every single at bat is is different in timing wise. And and like you said, when you're when you're Teams will go through slumps like that at a time. And, and if your best man is, is having trouble getting on and getting slumping, you're used to seeing him in a rhythm, say in practice, just stroking it. That that does 
it does affect you as a batter, I would say. And, and it's, it's amazing how when those things happen and the smallest tweak mm-hmm. in a bat mm-hmm. in, in, in the way in your bat approach can throw you off miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. For example, last year my, my son's playing coach pitch. Well, when we play in the backyard, I'm – you know, I'm throwing him soft toss. We're playing with plastic balls, and and so they go a little bit different than the real baseballs. Well, in coach pitch, the the mound the coach is so far back, it's it's ridiculous to to me. And then the coach is six two. Well, my son is three five, so every pitch he throws overhanded, Rob is coming in like a rainbow. Yep. So how do you teach? And he's he's the switch hitter, so he's lefty. So his left handed swing is a loop. That ball drops under his loop. It just drops into it, and he had he was having trouble with it. And he's right-handed; he could hit it better, but he hits it harder left-handed when he hits it home. So he struggled the first three or four weeks; couldn't hit the ball at all. And it was a timing thing. The guy that was so taller and he was throwing harder than I was. So all we did was take the the bat off his shoulders, and he he killed the ball the last two games of the season. Right. He just just a slight little change just to work on his time, and, and you're 100 percent right on that. Absolutely. All right. Uh. 1998, uh, the long gone summer is will be coming out uh, this Sunday on ES Espen. It's been 22 years uh, on the home run chase of 98. Uh, I remember where I was at when McGuire broke it. Uh, we were in the the Winnebago used to be out here mm-hmm. in Myrtle Beach at Ocean Lakes Campground. Actually, we had just bought the thing, and uh, we'd went down for a weekend and mcguire hit the home run against the cubs that barely made it over the wall that was, that was what's so crazy about all of his home runs the one that broke the record just barely got over the wall and and uh but i remember where that one was and and that summer and and one thing rob that you know drives me that i've talked about today's baseball and and kids today don't realize there was a time where the mvp was only on a winning team that's right and a lot of people don't remember that just, i remember it because i was a cardinals fan so when McGuire hit 70 home runs, he didn't win MVP. Right. He had 27, 27 more RBIs than Sammy Sosa. He didn't win MVP. Sosa did because his team made the playoffs. Yep. Tell that to playoffs. a Mike Trout fan right now. They'd lose their mind. <laughs> he's the MVP. They yep. were 40 he's got, games under 500. He's got three, <laughs> he's got three four MVPs already, Mike and Trout. Zero playoff game That's right. wins. wins. Not series Games. Never won a single playoff game mm-hmm. in his career. Nine, it was in nine years. When do you start? When do you start winning? You know. And, and, and I want. Hey, think about this. What do they usually do for the NFL? Most of the times, the best player on a winning team. They did the same thing to Pujols, with the in, in the Bonds era. Right. When Pujols and Bonds were going back and forth, whoever was on the better team got the MVP almost every single year. Yep. Um, so it used to be like that. Um, that that's one thing I do remember from the era and, and going back and forth is. McGuire broke their home run record and then set it at 70 and didn't get Yeah, but MVP. see what I don't like about how ba- <laughs> what I don't like about how baseball does their MVPs is of course they do NL AL they MVPs. Do two. They do two MVPs. Right. Why yeah. don't they just do a league-wide MVP? Because then you're comparing obviously both leagues at the same time. You're you're doing the the league as a whole MVP because as many times as people can say, "Oh, when those three, you know, uh, he's got three MVPs. Mike Trout does. If you was a National League fan, would you be mad? That you they, you that can they... look at the National League player and say, well, technically he's better. He put up better numbers than Mike Trout. Right. But the only people person anybody's going to talk about is Mike Trout. It's like yep. there were two MVPs. I don't like that. Yeah. I, I, I want a single, the best player in the league. Nobody else does too, do they? No. Nope. 
What? Well, well, no. My, my thing they is, do, he's like Eastern Conference Player of the Week. As Western Braves Conference fans, Player of the I'm a Cardinals fan. We're nationally baseball fans. Mm-hmm. I don't care well, less what Mike Trout does in the American League. Would y'all not be upset, though, if you watched a year of McGuire or Pujols do what he did, and then they turn around and give the MVP to a DH? Pujols yep. plays gold glove winning offense, has the same numbers, but the Red Sox win 110 games and they give it to Ortiz. Like, so... Yes, yeah, you're not happy like with split, Poppy. but once, but but if you name him, you know, Poppy on on a on an MVP vote. That's tough, man. Because I, I going, like Big Poppy. Huh? Everybody likes him. He's a steroid cheater, but you no, know, whatever. I like Big Poppy. I'm I'm not, I'll say it. I'm not a Big Poppy fan. I'm gonna tell you right now, I could give. It, I'd give a okay. damn if you use steroids or not. I think everybody <laughs> should just use them. Whatever, make it, make the whole field use it, and then you can't complain. Well, another thing on on the steroid era, Rob, is is that. They weren't illegal. That's, um, they that's, weren't against the rules. So how do you punish someone well, for breaking a rule that wasn't a rule? And let's go back and look at the, the and I know we're going back a long ways, but you go back and look at the 1920s mm-hmm. when Babe Ruth and, and, and all those guys were doing their thing. And we don't talk about the uppers and downers and, and things like that. They were using mm-hmm. going into their games. You know, to me, well, the, the 70s and 80s, they, 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 people, they've been talking about amphetamines in baseball for years. So, you know, there's, there's always something. And like you said, until it's been illegal, until you outlaw it as an organization, as as a as a league, there's no way you can penalize the guys that were doing it. Mm-hmm. And to me, and it kind of goes back to what we're talking about now, if baseball can't get its act together, mm-hmm. you go back to the 94 strike shortened season. Mm-hmm. You come out after that, and baseball is struggling. Mm-hmm. There's no fans in attendance. There's the, the eyes are not watching on television. I mean, and it's across the league. Something had to give, or baseball was dying on the vine. The best thing that happened for baseball was when Sosa and McGuire started what they started. And now you're getting to the point where it doesn't matter what's on TV. You're Anytime one of those guys, and I'll never forget, no matter what you're watching, anytime one of those guys come to bat, you break in with a news story. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's McGuire's up now. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens. They did it with Bonds. And you just, and it was... Just and they were going back and forth, and everybody. Th- you talk about something that that superseded baseball. This became a story more than just about baseball. It was. I'm like you, Kevin. It's hard to explain what was going on because I mean, I remember where I was at because I was at my current wife's house. We were dating then, and I was at her house, and she she wasn't the biggest sports fan in the world, but. That's all we talked about mm-hmm. was McGuire and Sosa. Mm-hmm. So they they had to have something to change the perception of baseball, and that's why baseball could have cared less if those guys were juicing. Sammy the, Sosa was, um, you talk about that that era, he was this era's like Roger Maris. Mm-hmm. Like he was not expect. McGuire <clears throat> has famously said he didn't even know who Sammy Sosa was until July of that year or June of that year when he had right. 20 homers. Never heard of him. Didn't know who he was. They played in the same league. He yep. was against. I played against him for the same Cubs. division. Yes, yeah, same, same, same rival. Division. Didn't know who he was. Okay, and, and this is when I, I was looking up some info here, talking about the home run chase. It was mentioned in King Griffey Jr. He also, hit, I think, he hit fifty one that year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone thought Griffey was the was the was had the best swing. Obviously, yes. Um, McGuire. I think I, I need to type this in to make sure I get exactly right. Um, I think he's still um, all-time number one in, in home runs per bat. And that one, to me, once I re- read you that list, you'll be like, okay. 
Um, he was talking about the viewership. Um, the most watched regular season game in ESPN history. History is still the 98 September 7th game with 10.6 million viewers, Cubs and Cardinals. McGuire tied Roger Maris with the 61st home run. Uh, ESPN and Fox both established their overall regular season ratings records that year. ESPN 21% higher than any other year, and Fox 20% higher in any other year. Both teams set, setting uh, attendance records, home and road uh, uh, records. Uh, McGuire, uh, they had 45,000 fans at a Marlins game, Hunter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you could end this conversation right That's there. It. Period. That's it. <laughs> that shows some age with that statement because, damn, they've never seen that probably in the last 10 years. Uh, they couldn't even draw a crowd when they had Stanton. So attendance dropped 20% in 1995 after the strike, Rob. Yep. Uh, it increased 6% to 96, 5% in 97, but only 4% in 98, and it actually declined again. Uh, in 99, so they're saying the ratings went up, but the attendance, attendance didn't. Did, still did not. Um, but you have to have eyes. What, what you know, mm-hmm. whether they're there live or if they're watching on television, you've got to have those eyes well, on that's your how product. You sell, that's how you sell advertisements yeah, for money. That's, that's how this that's, business runs. That's how we get to these multi-million dollar contracts that's that these exactly teams right. are signing. Why do you think everybody and their brother tries to get on for a Super Bowl ad? Yep. They'll, they don't care how much money they pay. Because after you see that Super Bowl ad, guess what? Damn it, you want a Pepsi. Yep. So here's what everybody here, here's where here's you the want lead, some Doritos. Here's the lead up while I was talking about with the Griffey thing. Um, in '96, McGuire hit 52 in 130 games. Uh, that's on pace for he was on pace for 62 uh, in 155 games. So he was on pace to break the record with seven games left in the season. In '97, he hits 58 home runs. Uh, between the year he got traded to the Cardinals, he didn't he didn't get to win the home run crown because his home runs were split. Had his the most home runs, runs in split. baseball, but didn't get a crown that year. Hunter, there's your there's your mixed awards. Yep. <laughs> then uh, so Griffey MLB stupid in '96 hit 49 homers in just 140 games, and then 56 homers in 1997. So everybody thought Griffey was going to be the one, not Sammy. Nobody, I, like I said. Nobody thought Sosa. Um, let's see. Uh, to do Sosa uh, had had averaged 37 home runs in the previous three seasons, but before that, just he was absolutely nothing really. And then, um, and then of course, the, they went off. Um, I don't know if I've seen Sosa hit a home run, but Rob, um, I've seen McGuire take bat in practice, and it's nothing like any player I've ever seen in the history of my life. I've seen Bonds. I've seen Pujol. I've seen them all. All the big names, Griffey, all of them. No one has ever hit a baseball as hard or far that I've seen in person as Mark McGuire. And it's not even close. Um, the best story I like to tell is uh, going down to see Cardinals and, and Braves in, in, there in, in, in Turner Field. And, you know, Fulton County was a homer park. Right. Turner was not. Uh, Turner Field, uh, almost all the home runs, it didn't matter – Sheffield, you know, Chipper, Edmonds, all I'll, of them. I'll tell you a guy, and and the, the, the times I've gone to Atlanta and watched batting practice, see a guy that could just, and you, like you said, a, a batting practice mm-hmm. hitter and crushing baseballs, that's Ryan Klesko. He hit some, he hit some high balls. I mean, he You're could, right. he would tower some baseballs out of that stadium. He would. Um, so, so, 
so th- what I was getting at is those guys that would hit them and they would still land in the lower deck, center field, left field. It didn't matter where. They were still landing in the lower deck. McGuire come up to bat, and it was me and two other friends, and, you know, everybody stood up, and we're sitting there holding our gloves and everything, and we're in left field about halfway up the lower section. The first one he hits is a line drive, and it's a home run, and it hits the seat, same row, seven, eight seats over. We, we didn't get to it. It was so fast. It looked like it was coming at us, and it just hooked. Robert hit the seat, and the seat was blue. You ever seen plastic when it gets bent? What mm-hmm. color does it turn? Turns white. That's exactly what the seat did. <laughs> he turned. There was a big white, almost hole in the middle of the seat, and the guy standing next to me goes, "Holy shit! Give me a glove." Because <laughs> at first he's like, "I can catch this. They catch it on TV without a glove." He's like, "No, give me a glove." <laughs> yep. Rob, the next ten swings he hit went over our heads into the upper deck at Turner Field, up there on the walkway where the big Coke sign is. People don't hit baseballs that far. That's right. And and and, and so I was so impressed by that, and we went to St. We went to St. Louis to see them play, and um, we had upper deck tickets. And I, honest to God, guys, I could stand up, scoot up, and could hug the foul pole like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm on the foul pole in the upper deck. And in batting practice, he was putting them up there with us further down, you know, other than left center. And we're just looking at each other like, we can't even tell who's swinging. We're so far away. But we know that's McGuire because they're mm-hmm. landing up here with us. I mean, upper deck of one of those. And you've been, have you been to Fulton County? Mm-hmm. Just how high? You've been in the upper deck hunter of a football stadium. Yeah. Just think about a baseball is landing up there and you're just like. Yeah, that's what it was. What? Yeah, that's what Fulton County was. And he would was... hit the ball and it would go and it'd, and, and it'd get to a point. You've seen a golf, anybody seen a golf ball hit? And then you it just starts it. falling. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what his baseballs look like from the side. They would come up, and like crap. That's gonna go out of the stadium, and it just stopped, and it just fell out of the sky like a snowflake. And it was amazing. And, and yes, steroids, wherever you want to say. Again, nothing that he took or they took, bonds included, was against the rules when they did. And and that's my thing too. I think that it, it kind of discredits these guys for how good they are because I, <laughs> my favorite individual baseball player of all time was Ricky Henderson. Okay, I love, I love, this is a, a, a big-time Ricky Henderson-loving show. <laughs> love, I loved those Oakland A's teams. Right. And when you would go and watch that team take batting practice, I mean, you're, talk, you know, you're talking about McGuire and, and, and Conseco and, and Henderson mm. and Dave Parker, Dave Henderson. You know, we're, <laughs> we're talking about dudes that will kill baseballs. So I think it's, to me, when we start talking about it and they start discrediting these steroid guys, yeah, they beefed up, it made them stronger. It did not diminish at all what they could do at the plate because... I've said that for years. I said, Luke, just because a guy's shooting up with steroids doesn't, I mean, just mean, because, doesn't mean it makes him see the baseball any better at the plate. Just because Barry Bonds' head grew three sizes that day, like the Grinch's heart, it did. Um, you go back and watch him in those or the early 90s series when the Braves were playing the Pirates. He's the best baseball player on the field. That doesn't change. That, that talent doesn't go away. He just gro- <laughs> he just Can- grows abnormally. Canseco <laughs> had a 40 homer, 40 stolen base Absolutely. season. 40 home runs, 40 stolen base, MVP, Jose Canseco, 124 RBIs. Um, his slugging percentage that year was 569. Um, Canseco, I, and I actually have him in my list here to, to remind, to tell Rob about my. Hey, Rob. I got the Bass Brothers right here. <laughs> there you Here's go. the Bass Brothers. They're right I, here. I love There's it. There's Conseco and McGuire. Conseco is is a show favorite. 
because he is a complete nutbag. He is, absolutely. He is a complete nutbag. <laughs> he is a Bigfoot researcher and hunter. Uh, this week he announced that he was wanting to run for president. Uh, it, it just there, There's nothing, Rob, uh, on his Twitter feed that is not complete gold. <laughs> so this week, talking about wanting to run for president, he said, "What all I need is a dollar from everyone in this country who wants change to finance my running for president. <laughs> and someone asked, what if everyone, instead of asking one ever from a dollar in America, we just ask for a nickel from everyone in the world and you can be king of earth. You wonder, guys, when we look back at Conseco in history, you reckon the home run ball off the top of the head did knock something it loose? It might have done something. <laughs> it, he said, here's one for, for your, your rights and stuff. We need to replace the corrupt police and military with robot robotic police and military. <laughs> Has he ever seen a sci-fi movie? <laughs> and no, 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 that never works out. Not once. The robots do end up taking over. <laughs> Everyone I've seen, the robots do take over. Uh, yeah, check out iRobot. We'll start there. But I just love this Conseco stuff. I mean, he's just he, he is so funny on on online, and and he don't even really mean to be a, pro, a, a lot of it. Um, his he, of course he's a, um, if everyone knows about the A Rod J Lo split up, he's in the middle of that too, because <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently his A Rod's been doing his wife, <laughs> <laughs> and Conseco calls him out on Twitter all the time. <laughs> like, it's like every day, hey A Rod, yeah. you talked to my wife today. It just I mean, it's just. Jose Canseco, if, if people would pay more attention, has, has done so much for America in, in, in the comedy, in the comedy world, without him knowing. I just, I just, I just can't get enough of it. It's just so funny. The Bash Brothers were, were pretty good. Hunter, I mean, what, 40, 40 homers, forty steals, forty homers, twenty six steals, one hundred twenty two RBIs. I mean, the dude could, and, and I mean, look, I just. Ronald Acuna was the youngest one. To I get was to about 30, to say. 30. Now we talk about MVPs and not winning an MVP award. Not on the winning, not on the, the mean, best team. In the league. on the best team in the league. Exactly. So, um, looking at so so talk about those steroids and kind of what you did. This has might have been my theory, and you can say whatever you want. I love them. Looking, Take them. Looking at so you look at Conseco and you look at Bonds and you look at McGuire. McGuire and Conseco's batting averages never really skyrocketed. Right. Okay. Bonds was always a good. Average he, he, yeah. Canseco and McGuire went from hitting, I would say, 400 to 500, to basically 350 to 450 home runs to the 450 to 550 area home runs in, 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 in feet. The, it, so they went from hitting the ball over with regu- regularity to hitting it way over. Right. My, my thing with Bonds was he went from a doubles hitter to a home run hitter. So when you add, if you add 30 feet to McGuire's baseballs, what's five, if you, what's, he's only going 450 feet instead of 500 feet, okay? The batting average isn't going to change. Right. If you're a doubles hitter and you're only hitting 20 some homers a year and you add 30 to 40 feet on that, that's where you get in Bonds number and home run and numbers jumping up because balls that were going to be flyouts or doubles are now going out of the park. Out. And there's a di- that's the difference. That's how his numbers jumped. I think McGuire, he hit 70 home runs this year. Let's take steroids away. He still hits 50 or 55. And I think that's Bonds the one never thing. never hit 50 but once in his whole career. I think career. that's the one thing the that baseball is missing now, too, is people forget. I mean, I don't forget. You know, Barry Bonds was a big name just because he. we knew when he was coming to the plate, it was there was a maybe one out of three opportunities is going out of the it's park at some point. Park. And now... 
you don't have those home run competitions that you used to have anymore. You really don't. The only one that I would try and keep up with this past few years, but he seemed to always get hurt, was Christian Yelich. I love watching Christian Yelich swing the baseball or swing the bat and hit the baseball because you don't have those 60, almost 70 home run seasons anymore. Right. You don't do that. It is not as exciting. And I am one of those people for baseball. I like watching pitching. I love to watch good pitching battles. But for the you know just the average fan, if you have somebody that you're coming to the plate and all eyes and ears on, oh, are they going to have an opportunity to break the record? There are no more records being really broken in baseball and, anymore. And here's my thing with baseball, too, guys. They're talking about. So it's not exciting, and there's no narrative. The, only, the biggest narrative baseball has had has now been the cheating scandal with the Houston Astros, which is a black, which is really a black stain on it, and the Cubs finally winning a World Series a few years ago after the hundred years that they have. I think haven't. what would be best for That's baseball it. would be to reduce the games because it does two things. It takes out a ton of wasted time in baseball. You don't need to be watching game 130 between the Royals mm-hmm. and the Orioles this year. That That's one key element to it. But also by having, you know, you, you have less games, the, the competition is going to get better. You're mm-hmm. talking about the records. Well, obviously, the records don't mean anything in baseball anymore because we say the steroid guys and the home runs. Pete Rose is the all-time hits leader, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. So the hits leader, the home runs leader, aren't in the Hall of Fame. Then reduce the games if the numbers don't mean well, anything, and all and, we're doing is war anyway. And is there any Which sport, is bullshit? <laughs> is there any sports guys where more that does it more than baseball, where they go to their equipment manufacturers mm-hmm. and say? We need to tie it around baseball. That's yeah. we got to loosen them up. We're good. You know, to me, they change it. They change for changing it. the air pressure. Yeah, and baseball is, has been. They, 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 it's not juicing. It's tighter. It's exactly mm. what you're saying. Yeah. It's yeah. causing they the spin. Tighten, rate. tighten the baseballs up because they need more home runs. Well, home runs are getting out of hand. We got to loosen the baseball <laughs> up. That, so to me, it's kind of like NASCAR, where NASCAR puts down these. Uh, rules restrictions and I, yeah and leave them say here's what we're working if you can figure out some way within this framework mm-hmm. to get however many more horsepower than everybody else can then brother you go for it because we've given you what we can work in same thing with baseball decide what kind of baseball you want to use and if it's leading to a thousand home runs a season so be it if it's leading to 50 home runs a season so be it you've got to leave stuff alone because i'm like you kevin they they've changed so much mm-hmm. That what are valid numbers? Anymore I was about to say, what, what can you what can you give validity to if yeah. it, if it if it's you know come to change every year that you know That's right. there's always you know the X factor or the var- what variable changed this year? Maybe they maybe players were using different wood bats. That, maybe that was. A I've puffer. heard that. I've heard that argument made that production bats are different. It the, the way they come off the line. Mm-hmm. You know, not every tree is made equal. No. Right. M- so, maple, ash, and oak, whatever. And, and mm-hmm. so the, maybe they got a good batch of wood that year that the mm-hmm. trees were made. Maybe this year we see a lot more shattering of the bats. The, the wood wasn't as strong. Mm-hmm. There's so many variables inside baseball equipment-wise one of that the, can change it. One of the bats was, was like two years ago, one of the woods was breaking a lot. Uh-huh. It, it was a. It may have been even a composite And one of the reasons why I don't want to take, take a validity away from from steroid users is the same thing I've been saying all the time. Look, just because you take steroids doesn't mean you're going to be able to see that baseball any better. And if you think about it, technically... Bonds and McGuire have both alluded to that. Yeah, and that's what I was meaning with and, the, with the But not only that, I, think about it. It would almost be harder when you take steroids 
Because then you have to almost readjust your whole swing because your arms are not what they were. Your chest is bigger. Your back is bigger. It's the same thing as if somebody was to put an extra 20 pounds on in basketball. Let me tell you something. Your shot's going to be a little bit different because your, arm, your arms are bigger. And now you're, yeah. you're telling this guy who is already a good contact hitter in bonds, who was you know doubles hitter, could get on base, essentially he has to reteach himself now that I've got an extra 20 to almost 30 pounds of muscle on me. My swing is not going to be the exact same as it was. You, my shoulders are broader. My swing is going to be maybe closer. Maybe it's going to be out longer. He almost had to reteach himself yeah, basically how to swing and, be, swing and then be successful at it and maintain it because, you know, that's one of the hardest things to do with anybody. That You know, Tiger alluded to it. You know, swing coach, sometimes you get away from it. Even Tom Brady goes back to his throwing coach. You know, your mechanics – that's what makes you the greatest is if your mechanics are solid. And you're, you're literally right. going to have to change your mechanics just because of your size. Think about it. NBA players. Anthony Davis didn't hit a growth spurt until he was like a senior in high school. He, he almost grew seven inches. You go from playing a guard to now you got to ch- switch everything up and almost adapt now to being a big man. It'd be, it's, it's almost the same exact thing for steroids. You're not 210 like you were. You're probably 235 pushing 240 right now. You ain't going to swing the bat the bat the same. So I, that's why to me, I'm like, I don't want to take validity away from because it was almost just as hard. They had to readjust everything. And this, it goes down to the same thing, too. Me and you could be in the bat and get be in the bat box, and I promise you, just because I'm on steroids and you're not, if my eyes aren't as good as you, I'm not going to hit the ball as good. Right. Eye-hand coordination. That's exactly right. Um. I want to look at real quick some of um, Mike Trout's MVP seasons. Compare them to <coughs> Mcguire's <coughs> non-MVP seasons. Can we not? So Trout last year, <laughs> 291, 45, and 105. I mean, it's just... It was just 45 home runs, 105 RBIs. What an outstanding year, right? The year Maguire did not win, he set the home record. So Trout had... He batted 291. Now, he's such a great hitter, right, Robbie? Yeah. Mark McGuire batted 299 that year. <laughs> Almost 300. So, what does And that's Trout, what you what, shoot what for is 300. Do Mark McGuire if he only batted 299. Now, how about home runs? Trout with 45 last year. That was Trout's. I'm, I'm going to do this real quick, just to give you an idea. Who even was the home run leader in the American League? Was it Mike Trout? That is Trout's career high, yes, at 45. One. Oh, he's juicing. Two, three, four, five times McGuire did better than that, and none of them got an MVP in. Um, how about uh, 70 home runs, 147 RBIs. Trout had 45 home runs, 104 RBIs. RBIs don't mean anything today, it's crowd. Uh, yeah, they really don't for, for some reason. 40 different runners knocked in. How about the year after he hit <laughs> the year after he hit 70, he hit 65 and had the exact same RBIs again. At 147, about a 278 that year. Um, how about this this <laughs> line, Robbie? Here's you a good one. Now remember what I just read you about trouts, right? Right. What was it? It was um, 45. All right, McGuire had in 1996. Let's go in with the A's. The trout hit 45. McGuire hit 52. Trout had 104 RBIs. McGuire had 113. Trout batted 291. McGuire batted 312. Guess what place he finished in All Star in the MVP? Seventh. That's crazy. Seven players. 
Rob. I just read you a number that he beats Trout across the board. Right. And seven players got more MVP votes than Mark McGuire that year. 52 homers, 113 RBIs, batted 312. His OPS was 1.198 for OPS fans. And he did. He was seventh in the MVP vote. That's insane. Seventh. Shoot. Here, MVPs. Let's see. Uh, real quick. Uh, Forty homers and hundred RBIs. Nineteen ninety-two. He came in fourth. Uh, that year, he came in seventh. How about the next year, Rob? Oh my God. The next year, he has more home runs, more RBIs, and but a smaller batting average. Sixteenth. 16th in votes with 58 home runs and 123 RBIs, 16th in MVP votes. And again, that's when your team wins. Yep. That's how it used to be in baseball. It didn't matter what you did. They'd be like, but you didn't help your team win. That's right, you did, yeah. That was the thing of every one of them. And now they'll say, just we'll pick it on Trout, they'll say, well, you got wins over a replacement player. Well, who's that replacement player? What fake wins did you get? <laughs> this is not, this, That's right. Invisible wins. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the McGuire-Sosa thing, folks, um, I don't think anybody understands just how far and how hard Mark McGuire hit a baseball. He was actually a pitcher. He was drafted as a he pitcher. Was. So he's as close to Babe Ruth as we basically yeah. had at, at some point. And um, I just uh, – I think he gets underrated a lot. Uh, not just – everybody's like, because you're a Cardinals fan, I'm like – he was with the A's for 14 years. He played for the Cardinals for five. <laughs> yes, he broke the record with us. But still, I mean, he's not hes not a better hitter than Albert Pujols. He's a better home run hitter than Albert Pujols. I never thought – see, I thought Pujols was what Bonds was as a lefty hitter. Right. Doubles, 30 home runs, doubles all, all, all the time. And then you put add 40 pounds of, of, of feet to your home runs. All right, Hunter, yeah. here's your all-time at-bats home run per at-bat. You understand what I mean? Yes. Like, how many at-bats in your career per home run? Yes. I've already told you Mark McGuire is number one mm-hmm. at 10.6 at-bats for every home run. The guy behind him is a whole home run, 1.1 home runs behind him at 11.76. Got a guess? All time now. It's the Babe. So McGuire's one. Babe's two. Barry Bonds is three. Now we got some newer guys that are four and five. Five is a current player. Do you have a guess on who mm. the current player is? And what is the question again? The all-time at-bats per home run. The lowest at-bats per home run. So McGuire's mm. first with every ten and a half at-bats. Current player, I have to go with obviously someone that's probably been in the league for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Is it Pujols? No. Okay. So it's not. I've never, uh, again... He's, he doesn't hit homers at a rate that's that's like that. He's at 16. He's 38th overall. He hits a home run every 16 at bats, the same as uh, Lou Gehrig, Mike Piazza, Cecil Fielder, Daryl Strawberry, <laughs> Jay Buhner, Hank the Aaron pro- was every 16 at bats, Willie to, Mays. I have to go through Gianni. every baseball team and think who's played Somebody for now. a hot minute. Who hits the most home runs now? You named him earlier, actually, in something else, but now I'm, I did. Yeah, you actually God. said his name out loud earlier. That was that's why I thought you'd get it easily. <laughs> no, I can't remember. He's a Mar- He used minute. to be a Marlin. Oh, Giancarlo Stanton. Yep. Oh, Stanton yeah. is fifth all time, thirteen point eight at bats. Dude, I'm telling you, that year he went on to win the home run derby. 
He was disgusting with Miami. Then he goes to New York, thinks he's getting all that Yankee money, and yep. he can smoke it. Sosa he ended can. up eighth all time. Ted Williams ninth. You don't think him was a home run? Here. That was the most fun recently I've had watching a home run derby. Last year's was pretty fun watching Vlad Jr., mm-hmm. but the Giancarlo Stanton one, I, I loved it. He was killing that Man, baseball. Manny Ramirez and Chris Davis is tied for 10th. Chris Davis is second among active players. Your Manny boy, Ramirez, I used to love watching him swing. Your boy Ryan Howard is 13th. Don't let anybody disrespect in, in Ryan Howard. all-time home runs per at-bat. I'll lose it. Trout is down at uh, 19th. Uh, with uh, pretty much tied with Jose Canseco in home runs per at bats, and, and I'm not even a Phillies fan, but don't let him disrespect Ryan Howard because <laughs> people forget. I mean, come on now, World did, Series Ron, winner. Did you hear the MVP? conversation we had about Votto, about the guy who tweeted about uh-uh. the talking about Joey Votto? Um, and this is one of the things. It was like if his career up. ended when, now. When you look at the advanced statistics that they like to do. And you know we, we add <laughs> we add twelve stats together, subtract minus whatever field we're at, all that stuff. We do algebra. When they do all that, Joey Votto is ranked like in the top fifteen of all time, and all that stuff. That's ridiculous. And so that's kind of our point. When so I say it, Joey Votto, do you think Hall of Famer? <coughs> no, no. Right. So this guy went into it one day about Votto. About if you look into the advanced statistics, he's a he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that's where we get out on the shows arguing about. Are these advanced statistics actually valid statistics or not? And if it's going to put Joey Votto in there, I mean, just for example. Here's a good place for it. Is Joey Votto better than Dale Murphy? I would guess not. Murphy's not in there. Murphy's a two-time MVP. I know. (laughs) Willie McGee's an MVP. (laughs) I mean. Votto had a career, 284 home runs so far. And that's what we're talking about. Because of his advent. The the stat was WRAC plus, whatever that is. Um, but that was it was one of the highest ones of all time, and that's why I, they made the case. That when Joey I say Votto Ryan Howard, do you think Hall of Famer should be in the Hall? This is a genuine question. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Major League World, Player of the Ser- year, World, World Series. Series champion, NLCS MVP. Maybe get in on the veterans' vote. Ryan Howard has a hundred more home runs than Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. A hundred more. He has 382 home runs. And I'm not even, and I'm not going to sit here and make an argument that Ryan Howard is a Hall of Famer. But I'll tell you what: if you bring his name up in Joey Votto's and ask me which one is a Hall of Famer between the two, I'll say Ryan Howard. Howard hit 58 homers, 149 RBIs one year. How about this comparison? I, of course, me throwing out Braves names. What about Joey Votto versus Javier Lopez? Well, Votto, Votto Javier Lopez him. has got a World Series. Uh-huh. Vot, I'm telling you, Votto on the on the on those whatever stats they add up, he's he's up there. It's it's insane. yeah whatever that whatever that long algorithm is that they plug together of random whatever I, I know I say this all the time Rob whatever happened to people valuing batting average home runs maybe doubles and RBIs yeah. what happened on base percentage I can get behind a little well, bit starting pitchers they don't value wins anymore for a starting pitcher no we talked about that with Saturday on on. About the Cy Youngs and, and MVP. So, so I mean, you guys winning Cy Youngs were losing records. So, so again, now, now follow me as a advanced. Pretend I'm an advanced statistician proponent. Yes, Rob. I'm pretending. Wins for pitchers does not matter, but wins above a replace inv- 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 invisible replacement <laughs> invisible player replacement, guys. is the most important stat in baseball. Can we cut this? Whoever our producers, can we real cut this and wins, put this on Twitter? <laughs> real wins by your pitcher. 
because we were talking about Nolan Ryan is what got in what got us into this. Like they would say Nolan Ryan's terrible today. <laughs> and see, here's the thing too, guys, because we're talking again about where baseball has has lacked. Mm-hmm. I remember being a kid, and we talked about stats, mm-hmm. and like you said, home runs and, and averages. My and grandparents would get so I annoyed would, with me because I could walk around the house and remember. I could, that my daddy said all the time. You remember stats on the back of a baseball, back of a card, baseball card better than you do your you know multiplication. That's tables. right. I'm like because that's what interests me. That's but what, yeah. that's what made baseball great. Yes, and. That, I'm not going to turn over a card and, and have it list all the advanced uh, stats that we're hearing about now. I'm going to be honest. When I have a son one day, I'm obviously not going to walk up to him and say, son, I need you to get good war today. Right? I'm I mean, like, we no, had, if had, you don't go at least one for three at the plate, we're going to have a problem. We had Gene Bulls in here, and I asked him if he coaches war. Like, if this player come up to you and said, coach, I need some war. Like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> if, you, if I want to coach, I'm going to hit more doubles. Well, let's work on that. I'm going to hit more singles. Let's work on it. I want more war. Let's um, get let's get Coach Reynolds in here and ask about it. Oh shit, that'd be awesome. <laughs> How about look, look, okay? So last year, here's the war leaders from last year. So Bellant, let's do be let's be for example, Bellant, Cody Bellinger, nine. Cody Bellinger, yeah, Cody Bellinger, sorry, Dodgers, MVP type player. I yeah. can, he's a good player. Let me he's find a player. nice round number. Christian Yelich, he's an MVP type seven. player. Seven. Okay. So what you're telling me? Over a hundred and sixty-two game season. That that guy helped his team win two more games. At, that then not not than Yelich, then a replacement player would have helped him. Then we don't even, <laughs> we don't even know if this dude can play because so he's it's not fake. even a head to head comparison. It's a comparison to an invisible invisible player. So now take two, Robbie. If your team wins ninety games, and you help your team win two extra than the guy behind you, what's well, just two divided by ninety? That's that means you helped your team win zero point. Two percent of the ball games. Now, Rob. Now I'm glad you does said. That, does that separate? Like, how does that separate you from? Now I'm glad great you said not Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich because they'll always talk about the war that Mike Trout has. Right. I was like, using okay. nine versus. I was and using I'm like, close I'm like, okay, yeah. that's fine. So we'll say Mike Trout. We'll say Cody Bellinger. We'll say Christian Yelich. Two out of the three of those at least made the playoffs. Right. Two out of the three can at least make a run for a World Series because their team is going to win. Mike Trout ain't doing that. I'm not talking about Mike Trout as one of those two out of the three. Mike Trout's the one that's left behind because the Angels aren't making the playoffs. They're not winning playoff games. Cody Bellinger might be, arguably, if you take Kershaw out of the equation and now that they just got Mookie Betts, Bellinger might be the best player on the Dodgers. Christian Yelich is the best player on the Milwaukee Brewers. And they're winning, but Mike Trout with the better war and who's winning all these MVPs, they're not winning. And you're the one that's paying him $400 million. Yep. There you go. There's there's your issue because they can't put nobody else around him. We did it one time. It was you could have like seven or eight okay. bra- starting Braves of players eight, of the eight Braves starters, position players, not non pitcher. Right? You follow me? Right. For the same price as Trout this year, you could have seven of the eight. So <laughs> so one guy you have to cut, but you get seven. So as a Braves fan, would you trade seven of your starters to pay Mike Trout? And no so way. when you say no is somebody worth something? No 
Is that not how you the best way to do that? Was yep. that you essentially what I, I pay for? Mike I could Trout's, I could be like, do you want Acuna, Albies, or Freeman, now remember, and Freeman, or do you want Mike Trout? Now remember, you could have point two two more WAR this year. That's if right. You, if you trade those seven for that one guy, there's apparently. no way. Yeah. You know why? Because as a fan, <laughs> I want championships. Well, the I don't NFL, want MVPs. the Cowboys are in this situation right now. Do you pay your quarterback thirty five million, or do you pay your defense thirty five million? That's right. I mean, we, we've seen this over. The Seahawks have been trying to get rid of Russ Wilson ever since they gave him the contract. They already got a super. The Eagles actually did the smartest thing. They got the Super Bowl out of a cheap guy, got rid of him. They still got their expensive guy. You can get rid of him soon if you really wanted to. You, you drafted Jalen Hurts. That's Hurst why you got that round. second round pick. So that's like, why you took Jalen Hurts. Yep. This is exactly as right. As soon as they give him these contracts, you're like, Ugh, might not have should have done that because my defense can't stop nobody. Yeah. Um, the only one that looks like might pay off could be Mahomes. Yeah. But even that's going to be cutting it. I think you're still going to get down the road two, three. They years might have and... only got one, get one out of that. What yeah. if we get down the road and, and Kansas City only got one out of that out of that team? A lot of times the Rams, the ah. greatest show on turf. We thought they they made three Super Bowls, only won one of them. I, I mean, that's true. As crazy as it sounds, I still have them taking it home this year. Well, we, we all thought that about the Rams for years. I know. And this then is, the Titans held hey, them to, to nine points. This is different. Or no, <laughs> they held the Titans. To nine I'm gonna points. be honest. This is a different beast. This wrong. might be the greatest totally show. On, this might be the greatest <laughs> show on grass. <laughs> And <laughs> Kansas City. It might be the greatest show on grass. I don't know, man. It's just tough when it comes to baseball because you go from growing up and them telling you this is what we're looking on, this is what we're going to focus on, and, and you know, you go to the ballpark when you're young and you, you're, you're focusing on how you played that day, basically, especially on the offensive side of the ball. What did you go at the plate? Did you go maybe one for three with a wall? Right. Did you go two for three? Because the worst thing to do is to go over and get in the truck with your dad when the game is over exactly. and explain to him why you looked at a third strike not swinging. Three times. And now, <laughs> yeah, three tell. times. And I, now it's like, oh, it's okay, son. You don't have to swing on that if you don't to want me, to. To me, Rob, the worst thing ever is the strikeout. And and people will say it's nothing. hitting into a double play is worse than striking out. So you're telling me that swinging the bat, putting it in play, and it's not my fault the guy on first is too slow to either steal second or get there in time or break up the double play. Is better it, I, for for the team. I should watch three strikes go by. All about contact. It's got to be about contact. Everything to me as a hitter has always been about contact. So so what's when you the do name the, of the game? When you do you hit the ball with the bat. When you do the war, Rob. Let's say for example. So you know trout bats in front of Pujols. Well, Pujols may be the smartest, best right-handed hitter we've ever seen. If Trout gets a double. Pujols is just as happy to hit a fly ball to right field and get out as he is if you hit a ground ball. To, if it, on an O2 council, and that's what the statisticians, the nerds who've never played the game, they they never take into consideration situational hitting. That war stat does not can take into consideration situational hitting. Pujols, I guarantee you, as a hitter, has gotten out on purpose before with runners on base. If there's a runner on third, Rob, do you not push everything that's you can to why. right field? And I wish, I wish they would have kept him for a hundred years. <laughs> Gabe Kapler was it, and that's why he was atrocious in Philadelphia. And he still gets another job when he leaves Philly, because that's all he thought of it. You get so deep in the weeds with those stats, and like you said, instead of focusing at what, at, like you said, situational hitting. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get out my let me get out my uh, card here and see. Yeah, yeah, it would be better to have him strike out than. And like you said, th- there's no... They're trying to do it in football, too. How can you say striking out is better than a double play? That's right. They're trying to make or football... It's not my fault the guy got doubled up. They're, I mean, tr- they're trying to make it to 
uh, complicated in football, too. They bring up QBR. QBR yeah. takes into consideration so many different things. Did he throw into double coverage? Did he miss the guy that was wide open? And right. I'm like, whatever happened to looking at the quarter, qu- completion percentage? Did he get first downs? And it, Did he throw interceptions? Did he throw your touchdown interception and ratio? Am I, am I winning games and, with this guy understanding? Am I winning games? <laughs> Absolutely. And if, he, and if he runs, is it for a first down? So this talk, is how many yards is he getting? Good yards. So talk about situational hitting. I, I'll, do, I'll use from my experience at, at Bessemer. I either batted in the two or the six hole. Those are two completely different places to bat in our lineup, based on what I could do as a, as a hitter. If I'm in the two hole, Rob, I've got three studs behind me that can hammer the ball. So when I get on first, I got to think of two things: the fat boy behind me, if he hits it on the ground, he's getting doubled up. I got to steal second. The guy behind him could fly. If he pops up, I don't have to steal second with him on because he's going to beat out the double play ball if he accidentally hits one. That's two totally different mentalities mm-hmm. over on who, just who's batting behind me. What about in front of me? So if I'm batting in the two-hole and the leadoff hitter gets on, 90% of the time around here, what am I doing? But. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the leadoff hitter doesn't get on, now I've got one out. I've got to get on any. If the leadoff hitter's on, either I'm going to bunt or I'm hitting the ball to try to get him to score. Move him over. If he doesn't get on, guess what my job is now to do? I might have to walk. I might have to get on base because the three guys behind me have to knock me in. So at the in the two-hole with one out, I'm going to take way more pitches and maybe even hope for a walk just so I can get on base for those guys behind me. The, the easy, to me, and the easiest concept for baseball that, that you use is get them on, get them around, get them in. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you. That's the whole purpose of those guys in your lineup. Like you said, if that leadoff man gets on, then whatever I need to do mm-hmm. to get him to second, because like you said, now I got so, my bats coming up behind. So every time when I batted in the six hole, I didn't have any bats behind me, so I had to steal second base no right. matter what, because I needed the extra needed, base because the guy behind me might him, strike out. Get you get around. So if Trout's batting in the three hole with Pujols behind him, and they say, well. Everybody gets the same RBI percentage no matter where they bat. Then why the hell is Pujols always batted behind him? That's right. Maybe because he's a freaking genius hitter. Maybe because he's a great situational hitter. Because, again, like I said, in the sixth hole, I was doing totally different things trying to get on base and score as opposed to not getting on base. If I'm in the sixth hole also, Rob, who's batting in front of me? Probably the five best hitters on the team. Someone was usually on base. So if there's a runner on first... I'm going to try to do something different as opposed to a runner on third. If there's a runner on third, I don't mind hitting a chopper to second base. He's going to score. That's right. But if there's a runner on first, I don't want to hit one to second base. It's 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 the the situational hitting is not taken into account by any of the, the nerds, obviously, because they've never had to play and do, they don't know anything about the situation. Right. So that stuff is it just gets a little weird to me. And I guess it, uh, it, it, it you know you you've watched plenty of baseball teams. I mean, Ricky Henderson's the greatest you know maybe leadoff hitter ever. But how many people is going to take him over Barry Bonds in left field when you're putting your team together? Right. Ricky can get on base. Do you want Rob? Okay, do you want Ricky, Ichiro, and Tony Gwynn in your outfield? Or do you want Bonds, Griffey, and Hank Aaron? That's the kind of the argument. Do you want the three guys <laughs> that are going to get on the base? Or do you want the three guys that are going to knock it off the wall? I saw. I used to have a stat, and I can't remember it now. It was a, it was a ridiculous number of the amount of times Ricky Henderson scored from first base <laughs> with a ball hit in the infield. <laughs> it's stupid. Scored from first base with a ball <clears throat> hit in the infield. 
So, you know, you start – and plus with, with a guy like Ricky Henderson, he's going to come up and he's going to be very aggressive to start that at bat because mm. there's a chance he's going to put one out. Ricky did try to hit home runs. <laughs> yeah, he was going to be – Fastest guy on once, the team he's ever hit. He was, once he got that counted, once it got to a bad League count, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of uh, – <clears throat> Which one? Uh, say hey, Willie Mays. He tried to hit it out. That was Ricky. That was Ricky. real life. <laughs> yep, it sure was. <laughs> I mean, Rob, he stole third base. They gave him a microphone. And he said, I'm the greatest. <laughs> when, he, when he broke the record. He stole yep. third to break the record. Mm-hmm. I'm the greatest. One of the greatest books. If you ever want to read a great book, is. Confessions of a Thief by oh, Ricky God. Henderson is an outstanding <laughs> read. There's no way he wrote any of that down. <laughs> Someone else had to write every word down. Yeah. Ricky Ricky talked in first person or third person, uh-huh. Hunter. How fun would that be today? Think about if we went on TV every day and this dude's on TV talking about Ricky this, Ricky this. Rick, yep. Ricky's the greatest. He talked in third person. <laughs> <laughs> you did. can't stop Ricky. You've seen the Seinfeld, hadn't you, with Jimmy? Yeah. You've seen that? That's, that's, that, that's Ricky That's Ricky Anderson. <laughs> that's Ricky Anderson. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick before we move on and finish up the show. Um, your all-time uh, on-base percentage, Joey Votto is 17th all-time between Shoeless Joe Jackson and Mickey Mantle. <laughs> so let me, wait, it, it, it's for, for posterity's sake, for, for, Ted Williams is one, Ruth two, McGraw three, Billy Hamilton four, Lou Gehrig five, Barry Bond six, Hornsby eight, Bill Joyce seven, Ty Cobb nine, Jimmy Fox ten. Those are your all-time on-base percentages. Rob, did you know if your team, your team can get, me and you could play against each other, you could get four batters on every inning without scoring a run. That would be 36 base runners, and you not score a run. I could have 26 strikeouts and a solo home run and win the game. So don't talk to me about on-base percentage. That's right. When your on-base percentage could be 120%, yep. and I could still win when my on-base percentage is 0.3%, yep. 6%, Absolutely. whatever the math is. That's right. That, that stuff don't matter at all. <laughs> On base percentage. Whatever happened, right. just basic wins and losses. Say that's it. All right. Uh, NASCAR uh, yesterday uh, was in Atlanta. Uh, turned into, I'm going to say a boring race. It turned was out a, to be the Kevin Harvick show. Yeah. It, it was, was too, I know it was too much for Bubba Wallace. That's all I know. That he got hot for him. <laughs> well, I didn't think about it. Um, they usually do that race in March or uh-huh. April. And at, Atlanta in June. That's when I started looking hot. at the TV and I was like, because I was thinking about how hot it was at our, at our at my house. Oh, it was damn hot. And then here. I said, "Oh crap! They're in Atlanta and it's June. I'm they're in Atlanta hot. and all they're doing is sitting <laughs> it's, on blacktop. It's yep. That's it. Hot. hot. Um, at that uh, point, I said, just trying to sprinkle the system on. So, please. I know we don't want water, but please, please. Can we put air in these things now? <laughs> so Atlanta, yeah, I know, right? They were talking about. You see the the segment they did on Harvick's air air because they got to have the hose pointed at him, and he was he was drying his hands from sweating. Um, the thing about Atlanta is it's the easiest track, kind of not to wreck at. Like yeah. it's so you're not going to see a lot of cautions unless the unless it's jumbled up or, or things happen. The big story uh, this weekend, obviously, was tire wear. Um, they were just eating up the tires. They kept mentioning cheese grater and and um, Clint Boyer's. They had to set up to to the back rear tire and it ate up his tires every forty laps. And see, that's another question. We're talking about equipment dealing with baseball. Why is it one year, unless they just keep screwing around with the tire composites, mm. one year the tire's great, we bring come back next year, well, they've messed around with the tire mm. a little bit, now we're chewing the tire up. Just leave things alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they the, the, they the, can't. The, the then, t- then it gets boring. The tire stuff is, 
is the most important thing in NASCAR, but it's also the most, like you just said, it's it's hard to understand how it all works. Tom was in here talk, the other day talking about it, it. They talk about tires too much, and I'm like, that's it's the most important thing. It, it really is. And um, you, you're right. That, uh, how do they? How are they not prepared after all these years of knowing exactly? Yeah, you, you think we should advance so far, you know, scientifically, right? Where like, they should know exactly how between this last year and this year they should have done some type of test. Absolutely. To where that that tire doesn't doesn't rip. Does Goodyear not own a NASCAR that they can take to every track? And I, I don't know. You know, that's stuff for us to wonder about. But but the yesterday's race turned into a crew chief race mm-hmm. as opposed to a driver race because there was a ton of green green flag stops. So when do I come in? Do I come in early? Do I come in late? Do I want to be on fresh tires? They even mentioned one time, Hunter, they they had a caution. Everyone got fresh tires, and a guy wrecked like four four laps later, but they didn't throw a caution, and, and Larry McReynolds was on there. He said, oh, they would come get more tires. After four laps, they'd come get them again. It's, it's how bad the tires were getting heated up. So it did end up turning into a crew chief race. Uh, Ronnie Childers outstanding crew chief for Harvard. Oh, yeah. They've got Atlanta down, and uh, they ended up uh, prevailing there. I was pulling and pulling hard. Jimmy finally worked his way up about fifth or sixth there late, but – they didn't get the caution. Uh, the last 40 laps, you need that caution to bunch them up, give them a chance for something to happen. And we've seen over the – it seems like race after race after race, her in the last 20 laps, the leader Probably gets won. wrecked. Well, no, the, the last two – The last two races, yeah. This one, though. It was just like a – it was like it was the Charlotte race. And, and, I, and, and, that's, and that's where I think NASCAR has started to hurt itself because we are seeing so many times where it does become crew chief. Instead of talent-driven, the driver-driven, it's, okay, did the crew chief make the right decision? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when they went to restrictor plates, and, and it makes me think because Chase Elliott there in the, in the top. Bill Elliott talked about that. He said, the worst thing they're doing is putting these restrictor plates on these cars. He said, if I'm man enough to keep my foot in it, and I'm going into that <laughs> curve at 250 miles per mm-hmm. hour, then I'm man enough to do it. He said, allow, allow crews to work and allow drivers to work because that's when you start finding out who the real drivers are. Right. And I think we've gotten to so many tracks now. I can where... tell you three right now that would have just put their foot to the middle the whole time. But Denny Hamlin mm-hmm. would have been Kyle Busch. Yep. And Kevin Harvick would have just kept their foot on it. Yep. You know, you, you, it, that, those... pr- that promotes the aggressive driver. Yep. You look at those guys. They could have raced 25 years ago with with Dale and, and Rusty Wallace mm. and Darrell Waltrip and and you go back and look at Harry Gant and, and those guys, they just race different. And and at the end of the day, you knew who the best driver was. Maybe it wasn't about the best crew. Maybe it wasn't about the best crew chief. And even at, towards the end of, of Dale Sr.'s run, you you started seeing that crew chief dynamic come into play mm-hmm. even for him. I think one of the biggest things you talk about, you're kind of leaning into the equipment thing, necessarily not necessarily with the crew chiefs. Um, when we talked a little bit with Jesse – is one thing that's it's hard for non NASCAR fans to understand is when and, and Bubba Wallace had to quit a race a few weeks back because a piece of equipment broke that they didn't have replacement parts for, and, and they're like, well, well, our team's got better equipment or this team's got better equipment, and and for NASCAR for fans, they're like, I don't understand. Like, do y'all not shop at the same store? <laughs> and, and, and that's it, it's going down it, to S and R Motorsports, right? Even as a fan, uh, a, a a a fan as I am, I still don't get some of it. I still don't see how. Bubba Wallace and they're, they're all supposed to be driving Chevys. Why is Chevy not making sure that they have the the all the parts and right. stuff they have they need? Now I understand, you know, 
if this team's spending money on wind tunnels and, and whatever, that, that gives you whatever advantage it does. But, I mean, if they're not making – how are they – they can't make that much of a difference in, in, in that to me as opposed to, you know, if we're here on race day and I'm looking over at your car and it's just slightly lower than mine, hey, I'll lower my car a little bit, you know. But but the, 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 the equipment thing really perplexes and aggravates fans, I, I think. I, I understand the difference between Ford and Toyota. You know, mm-hmm. but, but but the Chevy teams, like, why are you all different? Like, why are, why is Bubba Wallace and Rick Petty not like it's it's almost like if you're playing a video game like the NBA 2K, you you'll go you got a nice store and then you got other stores. So only these guys get to shop at the nice store and these right. guys get to shop at the other ones. And it's just weird, but for for people that don't understand it, are the guys running it like is Bubba Wallace shopping at O'Reilly Auto Parts over here, and the other guys are well, whatever they're doing. Chevy's giving them great stuff. People don't understand that at all. Um, I don't, for the most part. Fastest speed ever, 216 in Talladega. Rusty Wallace, 2004, 216.3 miles per hour. Um, you was talking about Bill Elliott. I wanted to find him. Okay. I thought he held the record for, for a while. Uh, Elliott's uh, from 87. He held it for 17 years. Uh, from ni- in 1987, he went 212, Rob, around Talladega. Um, it was not, it said it does not replace the official record because it was a radio test, not a NASCAR sanctioned event as, as Bill Elliott was testing at 212. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Um, and, and those guys make the argument, like you just said, let me, let me drive, let me drive, let me drive it. Um, uh, so, all right. Uh, so this, that, that sets up this Wednesday and, and one of the best quotes of, of, of Sunday's, um, race was from larry mcreynolds he said that um uh wednesday they're going to martinsville and it's going to be and one of them said what's well, going to be under the lights in martinsville can you guys believe that and larry mcreynolds said hell has frozen over boys <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, they, they never thought they'd see lights in martinsville is what they're what they're getting at with that but they, they will they, they've got the lights in martinsville um that is a track uh it's called the, the paperclip uh, I'm going to pull it up on the screen for the folks in a minute. Can can I'm going to make some laps here uh, around the track, but um, it, it's it, it's shaped like a paperclip. Um, the best way to describe it is it, it's a damn paperclip. Um, Long straightaways and short turns. It's it, it's to drive it. I, I was driving in traffic earlier with it. The 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 thing about it, and people also don't get Rob is is they think they're you know because when you drive in your car. 90% of the time, your, your foot's always on the gas. You're going speeds that aren't that fast, right? They don't understand that, say, a lot of NASCAR wins is by braking. That's right. Who's willing, what you were just said about driving, who's willing to go into that corner at a certain speed before the last person to hit the brakes? And that's the guy that's going to win. Whoever's willing to risk their car, A, their body, and B, hope that it makes the turn. Now, a lot of these turns at Martinsville... It, it, and some of these other ones, they let off the gas, and they'll go all the way around the corner without touching the ground. Yeah, they coast, the gas. coast through it. Because the, the, there's so much horsepower, and these tires are so slick. Hunter, was, Hunter walked in when I was trying to calibrate. I was on the pro level here, Rob, and every time the green flag went, I just spun. I was going, and then I'd hit the wheel a little bit, and I'd spin out because I was hitting the gas too hard into the corner, and I would spin out. So I had to I got to put on rookie level just to make it around the dang track, but – it is so fast in those wheels. If you've never driven a V8, you don't 
Right. You really don't right. know. Um, I had, I had a, a Firebird in, in high school. It was, it was a V6. Mom and Dad bought a Z28. Completely different. I, I can't even describe how... I, I could get maybe a 10-foot burn, maybe five, 10-foot burn on my V6. On, and this was a automatic Z28. I lay it down 100 foot. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You can lay it down. And these guys are driving these, and they're they're a little bit be- they're better V8s that, that, than what I was driving. And uh, yeah, it's just something different. And there's so much power in, in the back that, that they have trouble with that. Um, so Wednesday I'll be in Martinsville, and and the way they're doing, Hunter, they're doing the standings is how they're doing the starts and the draw mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Johnson needed to finish third, and he finished I think fifth or sixth. If he had finished third, he'd have gotten the top part of the drawing at yeah. Martinsville. Now he's back in the back of the pack. So. Not He's the, got a tough not the final here. season he was looking for. You know, not at all. Um, but it's not as bad, as honestly, as it was last year. The year That's before. true. It's been over 100 races since he's won. And we talked about this a few weeks ago in one of our podcasts. If you'd have told me three years ago, he'd still have the same number of wins right now. This is insane. I thought he would have passed Jeff Gordon by now. He's yep. still ten wins behind him. He ain't gonna get to Jeff Gordon. Yeah, he ain't gonna catch him. Um, I thought he would have. I thought he would have blew by Jeff. I thought he would have been the one. To go after Pearson's 105, I thought that's where we were at. Was that he was going to get there, and then Chevy, whatever they did the last three or four years, was absolute garbage, um, and, and it put him in a position that he couldn't win. Now this year, Rob Hendricks is Hendricks is balling pretty much. Yeah. Uh, now yesterday was was a Toyota day, uh, but then again we talked about that was kind of a crew chief day. Toyotas may have something a little bit different in, in that sense. Um, I will say this for NASCAR right now. Jimmy's going to run maybe, 15 to 18 races next year, he said. Maybe the best group of young talent we've seen in a while. It's been a while. If you'll remember when Jimmy first started winning, they, they had those young gun commercials. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you remember all those guys. I, that, you, I think you're right about that. I've been trying to pick a driver, pick a team that my son could pull for. He's a, they love Jimmy Johnson. They do, and he's retiring. And they, they haven't quite got that or understand it. I'm going to be mad if we don't get to go see them in this all-star race that they've planned uh, for September. Um, I, I I just want my kids to go, get to go see them once. My daughter bought the – I bought her the pink car this year. Cause, you know, she's a Jimmy Johnson fan. All we had was these Lowe's cars, and then they switched to Allied. She loved it. <laughs> <laughs> she's been on cloud, and she likes I the mean, pink car. <laughs> you know, this was tough whenever you've got – you're younger and you didn't get to really watch a driver or a player – for nearly as long, and I kind of know how those, those kids are going to feel and how you're going to feel, though, now that you're looking for something else. That's how I felt when Chipper retired. Mm. When Chipper retired, that's all I've known for, you know, yeah. basically Braves baseball. And at least you got the same team. I know. I can, I can at least pull for the same team. But yeah. even then, I never got behind Freddie. You right. know, Freddie is who they've tried to kind of groom to be the next Chipper, be the face of the franchise. Now that Acuna is there, though, I love how he plays and I love his swagger. I'm kind of getting behind him, but I know how that is. And, and I, it's kind of now, for me, football-wise, it's not – I still root for the same team, even though they've been god-awful. But my favorite quarterback for years has been Peyton. Right. And then Peyton walks away. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's cocky. And I really don't think he's that good. And, I, and I, that's why I think with NASCAR, I think that's why I think a lot of l- longtime fans struggle, mm-hmm. not only because of the decisions NASCAR is making some of the tracks they were leaving – but you had so many fans that were so diehard Dale Earnhardt. I must say, junior, or that, not, not yes, junior, senior, Earn, senior. They never had the chance with the way with him, the way it happened at Daytona. They never had the chance to 
Celeb- celebrate else. his career. Oh, yeah. You never had the chance for him to do like Jimmy Johnson and know, okay, this is Dale Sr.'s last year. We're going to celebrate. And then mm-hmm. Dale was the kind of guy where you could have seen him going into the booth and you could you could have eased your way out of of, of him in t- towards another driver. And a lot of people tried to go to Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he was obviously the most popular driver around. I think a lot of that was Dale Sr. fans. Now, Jr. kind of all of a sudden just gone because of the concussions. So those fans of the Earnhardt racing dynasty – Never have have never had an opportunity to ease out of being an Earnhardt fan, and and support another driver. I think for me the closest thing I see right now I love Chase Elliott. I think this young man has got all the tools to be very special. You can tell it's in the blood. Um, got so a problem I, there though. So I like him. You know what the problem is, don't you? What's that? You can't like Chase Elliott. <laughs> You're an Earnhardt fan, yeah, but yeah, but you got. You can't like him. That's not, <laughs> Terry said. I told him Saturday he was he was trashing Chase Elliott because here's who Terry pulls for, Rob. He was an Earnhardt fan, right? So he switched to Kyle Busch. No, that's what that's what Terry did. So now he's on the Kyle Busch bandwagon, and he, being an Earnhardt fan, and now he's Busch and Elliot are getting into it. He don't have anything good to say about the Elliot family. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I know where that's coming from, Terry. You ain't got nothing for Chase oh, Elliott on that. But Chase Elliott is a Hendrix driver. He's a young guy. Uh, he. He is Bill's son, obviously. Um, he is one of the people I'm leaning towards, maybe pushing the kids uh, towards pulling for um, for themselves uh, as going. Austin Dillon is in the three car. If he was winning, I think they would uh, people be pulling for him. I, I, I think I think more than anybody else, though, because it's that three. Mm-hmm. If there's ever been a number synonymous with the guy, and and I understand why why they did it, why Austin Dillon's driving the three, but I think there's still a lot of I think there's a lot of people that you still say the same like thing if, with, if there was You can say ever, the same way, 3, 43, and 24, and now 48 when Jimmy walks away. You know, for, for me, if there was ever a number where the NASCAR fans said, we need to put this number, it needs to be hanging up at tracks and not on the car, was that three. And I know Dale Jr. came out and said, you know, it's, you know he deserves it, this and that. But I think that it's hard, it's hard for me to pull mm-hmm. for Austin Dillon in the three car. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me as an Earnhardt fan. Um so the standings right now, Jimmy ended up 13th, top 12, get to get in the top 12. Uh, Harvick 1, Logano 2, Chase 3, Brad Keselowski 4, Truex 5, Denny Hamlin 6, Blaney 7, Bowman 8, Bush and Bush 9 and 10, Almirola 11, Boyer 12th, and Jimmy Johnson, then Austin Dillon at 13 and 14. I think Jimmy's going to win this year. Um, this weekend might be one of them. It's one of his good tracks. He's good here. He's good at Dover. Um, he's already had some bad luck this year. He's ran well. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Johnson is he's never been one to race aggressively enough to maybe get that extra spot. Like he's not going to race you for an extra spot, right, on the track. He'll race you for the win, but six and seven, he's not going to wreck a car or, or wreck someone like maybe Kyle Busch or one of these other guys would yeah. finish at a certain spot in, in, in the track. So. His aggressive his aggressiveness without having a great car, I don't think they can win that way. He's got to have a great, good car, and they and they they have had some. Um, let's go. Uh, so Wednesday, like I said, we'll be in Martinsville. Uh, that'll be your top twelve. They're gonna it'll be random draw for that, folks. So uh, no big uh, nothing really to 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 gain or, or get from that. One thing I did notice, uh, Rob. I don't know if <laughs> you know, playing the game. I noticed it a lot, and, and, and it is a, a big issue, is uh, 
they had some speeding penalties yesterday on the first time people come in because they hadn't had practice, and you're coming in the coming in the pits on slick tires. Mm-hmm. You, you basically just playing the game. I will lose two or three spots because I don't know when to break and how to break coming in to get in the pits at the right time. So for me, I love to wait for the I, caution flag to come I've out. I've always wondered that when NASCAR. That is one of my questions. Why is there not a speedometer? Why is it always? Why is it based on RPMs? Why not give them something to look at? I don't know why, um, other than them being jackasses. But yeah, <laughs> uh, th- th- there's always been a, a thing they don't want to put electrical components in, in in the cars. But you're right; it would solve a lot of problems if they just damn had a speedometer in mm-hmm. there. Um, it's not like that's ancient. That that's like brand new technology. Um, it would help. What they do is they do timing. It's it's right. not even miles per hour. It's right. time. You can go 100 miles per hour as long as the last part of your of that yeah. time and loop, you're going 10 miles per That's hour. That's exactly right. So it's an average distance between. So it's basically, you know, a second and a half or two seconds per time and loop. And that's how they get you for, for, for speed. And, and it's obviously hard as crap. Absolutely. When, when you're coming down just RPMs, if you just slam on brakes, you have no idea how fast you're going. Yep. So uh, the practice does. That's what that does. So that, that kind of caught my eye. Like that's kind of something to look out for in these few weeks when they don't have practices. Some of these guys are going to mess up. Um, I, I can't, I, I, like I said, I lose two, three, four, five spots trying to hit the damn, and, and then in the pits, and then on the game and in real life, if you hit the pit speeding during green, you know what the penalty is? The drive through. So if you hit the, if you hit it and you're speeding, you, you have to just drive through and everybody else is going 150 mm-hmm. miles per hour. And you're going 35. So that, that right there is, it's one of the issues of my game. I can't stand. Um, so look, going down my list, we've done this, we've done this we've done this and this hundred we talk nba yeah no we can just talk about it wednesday um real quick i want to get in let rob have a few comments on that and then finish up with them with a mount rushmore though um rob do you like dislike agree disagree um i'll say my stance on it is i think the teams the nba should have either done 16 or 30 teams this choosing some teams in some teams not because and the major thing is They've got to play, but some of those teams were scheduled to play those crappy teams. If you're if you're the Hornets and the what if you're the Hornets and you miss by a game and a half and they cut you off? What if your last twenty games were against all Eastern right. Conference teams, as opposed to Western Conference teams? You're going to win more games against the East than the West. And I, I to me, that's what we said. Either you got to cut, just cut off the sixteen. Hey guys, you, if you ain't there now, sorry. But here's and. Or the thirty. They, I they, it I, be I, that's the thing. You either sixteen or everybody, <laughs> but you you also know there's no way they were going to get this NBA back on TV, and Zion Williamson was not going to be seen. That's Hunter's theory on it, I, and it's true. The, the only thing, the only way, only reason I think you could think otherwise, you need another play, young player that needs eyes on him, and that's Trey Young. His and, team's and, too bad. and they're and they're a bad team. They're no, right. they got but exactly you, what they want to. Well, because think about it, they got Zion and John ja Morant. Well, that's both true. in it. That's true. That's all they need. That's, that's all they true. need. Because one of those two has the possibility of being a part of the playoffs right, in their real, first season. Real quick before we finish that up, I, I've left one NASCAR thing off. Um, they're not going to have fans in Pocono, Indianapolis, Kentucky. Charlotte, Texas, Kansas, and New Hampshire are still working on it. Um, it says, Hunter, your All-Star weekend is July 15th now. The All-Star Open is July 15th. The All-Star Race is July 15th. That is a Wednesday night. Wow. Is the All-Star Race will be a Wednesday night in Charlotte. Um, so we'll uh, 
we'll, we'll have, of course, coverage here on WCSL, but um, hopefully fans. I, I mean, I really want the fans to be there. All right, back to the, the NBA thing on that. Like, I, I just – I don't think it's fair schedule-wise – and also, like, how are they going to do these last eight games? Who do the teams play to get in the playoffs? They play each right. other. Like, if you're if you're on the outside and you get Lakers, Clippers, uh, and Bucks on your eight game schedule, well, that's not fair. If the if the other teams have to play the crappy teams, right. so who how are they doing the scheduling? I know that's not up for us to decide. But my main question was, did you like the six? Do you like the twenty two? Would you rather see if, all sixteen if, or all thirty? Sixteen. I'm like you, sixteen or thirty. I mean, that's it's just, just weird me, picking. Yeah, it's like I said, kind of cherry picking there, and they're justifying it however they want to justify it. But again, there's players out there that they definitely wanted to have on TV mm-hmm. uh, because they bring ratings, so they weren't going to mess up that mess up those. I tell you what got me, guys, and to me it goes back to the Last Dance ten uh, part series. The difference between a guy like Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would not have stayed in Los Angeles whenever he found out the league was coming back. Kevin Durant is, I believe, to me, everything you hear could be healthy enough to go to help the the uh, Brooklyn get oh, he's not get somewhere, and he's not going to play. Yeah, he said last yesterday. Jordan would never have made that announcement. He would have probably played. He would have played. Um, and, and on the Jordan on the Jordan topic, and that's things we talk about all the time. You know, the, the Kobe, the, the winning mentality. People people don't quite get. LeBron's happy losing as long as everybody's his friend. Mm-hmm. Like that would have never. Michael didn't care about that. And and that that's that's one thing that you know LeBron's from the generation I get you Rob you know it that everybody gets a everybody trophy gets a trophy everybody's a winner we all played how many times have you have to no matter it's as long as we have fun playing the game that, and, and that's, that's kind of what, what, what that and I know we I wasn't on here I know you guys have talked George about the last fun. dance <laughs> you forget watching a Carl Malone he mm-hmm. was a killer mm-hmm. Reggie Miller was a killer. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I just don't. There's not many guys in the league now with that killer, killer mentality. Like you said, okay, if I win, great, uh, but I'm not going to sacrifice it at that our the, friendship. Yeah, at, at the altar of friendship because I want to make sure I keep all those in place. Those guys back then, that wasn't the key. The key was all about when we talked about <laughs> WNLs at do, the end of the day. Do you think you could name four players from the 90s? I'm talking any four players. Just any of them that would be caught dead alive on a banana boat together. Nope. <laughs> I'm just talking nope. bitch warmers. Anybody? Not nope. even the not not the leader. Not Jordan. Nope. Not Clyde Drexler. Any of them? Would nope. you? Can you think of any like even four Pistons? No. Nope. Together or four Lakers? Could you see Kareem, Magic, James Worthy, and Byron Scott riding a banana boat? <laughs> Bill Embiid and Joe Dumars. <laughs> The banana boat. <laughs> that one. That one gets me. The, the, also, uh, Rob, I, I'll get your opinion on on this later. I, I gave a good argument. I don't know how Hunter thinks it's good or not about how Ginobili had a better is a better small forward than LeBron career wise. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one in a minute. All right, uh, NBA return. Like I said, uh, do you got a favorite right now? I'm I'm amazed by that Toronto team. We talked about that a little bit Saturday. You weren't here Saturday. We talked about it a little bit that Saturday about about them. How they have kept it together, even with the losses, and they've had guys. They hurt. lost Danny Green and 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 the MVP, and they're still second. And and, and they've dealt with the injury. You know, they you turn around, they've had a guy hurt here, guy hurt here, and they Kyle Lowry's so keep, underrated. He keeps winning. Yeah, they just keep ticking along. So to Kyle me, Lowry plays point guard like a point guard used to play 
and and used to he mm-hmm. plays John Stockton point guard to where he leads his team in a certain way. There's a there's a style of playing point guard. You can go out there and score like Russell Westbrook, or you can go out there and facilitate and make sure your team win. I've played in games where we've won with I had eight points. I've played in games where I had twenty five points. To me, the point guard has to be versatile in that. That's right. As long as I think you can look at, or I always used to think you should look at point guard wins and losses in that way because he's running the offense in in, in that way. And, and here's going to be a big issue for me guys with going to Orlando, and we talk about how schedules and things like that, who you play. Mm. To me, there's a big issue too about when you look at what would have been where you would have played. Mm-hmm. When you look at a city like Utah, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, Denver, not major markets. Distinct home court advantages because it has a similar college kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Now you're not you're going to be in this empty arena down in Florida. Not you know the fans won't be there. To me, that favors major market teams where where people are there for mm-hmm. the the wine and cheese. And Hunter, and, you think the comebacks will be as furious or as exciting nah, with no fans? Uh-uh. Like, will, will teams be able mm-hmm. to even make a run? Will you be able to make a 15 point run? Without the crowd behind you pumping. How about this? What about the timeouts after runs? Will coaches take less of them? Look, like if you go on a 6-0 run and the crowd starts pumping. Look for your top four a lot of coaches go, to be the ones timeout. that are there at the end. This yeah. is going to look a lot like a college basketball run. Most of the time, it's your teams of the top yeah. four. Team you expect. might have one Cinderella, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. Not this year. I'm picking Clippers. I picked Clippers and Bucks Saturday. Terry went Clippers and... Celtics. Imagine. That surprised you. Tom left after when we were picking. Um, where you two guys sitting on right now? I got the, the Clippers. I don't know about the East. I'll take. I would take the Celtics. I think they're deeper. I I, I like the Celtics out of the East. I do. And I'm I, not sold on anybody in the East. And I, I was gonna say I don't care who I pick out of the East though. I got the Clippers are gonna win them. I still I, got the I, I still probably the take the Lakers out of the West. I'd love to see Celtics Lakers. I think that'd be an outstanding matchup. I mean, we've never seen that before. Yeah, well, yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> we've never watched Celtics Lakers before. Um, all right, uh, Rob, let's finish this up. Um, first of all, I want to show you that one, Hunter. That is Maine football's calendar this nice. year. Maine football's. Ah, crap. That's a chart. Where did he go? Oh, there he is. He's over here. Hey, right quick, some good news out of North Carolina. The Athletic Association has allowed the. That's awesome. I was trying to get my camera to see if you can read it. The the dead period is going to end Monday. Mm -hmm. So high school athletics can begin practicing on Monday. So that's a a good sign. But it's going to be limited, I understand, football-wise. Only have 10 kids in the weight room at a time, 25 kids out on the field. So going to be a lot of scheduling and moving around. I know a way to get around all that. What's that? Call it a protest. Uh, I have I have guidelines from San Francisco. The county San Francisco is in. Groups can uh, groups can get together in groups of twelve or less. That's rule one. You right. know what rule two is? What's that? Protesters can uh, uh, accumulate or disseminate in groups of a hundred or less. Now, Rob, <laughs> interesting where we live in. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not a mathematician. But some of that don't just add up, does it? So, so like we said Saturday, if you're if you're doing a church or doing a baseball league or doing whatever, just say you're you're protesting the governor's decision by playing baseball or by practicing. Because if you're going to say, and the governor himself marched down the streets of Raleigh, he did with tons and tons of people. That was more than twelve people. So, listen, my son's Optimus Dixie's whatever league is not playing this year, and 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 people are doing what they do, what they're doing. 
we have to we have to distance whatever and my son can't play baseball there's travel baseball teams playing in the state of north carolina right now i know it tom's been umpiring it i they were at a field this weekend and i want i'm glad you're here rob there was at a field this weekend near my house i'm not going to say where or name the field that they were playing travel baseball and softball hunter these fields are so bad when i was little we would refuse to practice on them and these travel teams are paying hundreds of dollars to play on these crappy fields. And one thing I thought about you yesterday, Rob, after looking at the hundreds and hundreds of people out at this sports complex, in the middle of it was a giant Winnebago, drivable Winnebago, right? It was wrapped. Okay? It was wrapped in Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. And on the very front of it at the top, Hunter, it said, Fly Eagles, fly. <laughs> Sweet. This is not a travel baseball game. <laughs> I'm hoping to God these people are from Charlotte around the area because if they come from Pennsylvania to play at this field that I'm talking about, they got robbed. There you go, die hard, baby. They got robbed. Well, that's a that's a dump that they ended up playing at, and these fools are driving around. Now that's that was a sweet that was a sweet ride. All right, let's finish up the show with my last Mountain Rushmore of the day. Um, Rob, uh, I want the Crest Chargers football Mount Rushmore. Oh my gosh. Ooh, man! The Crest Chargers football, not sport, not all sports. No David Thompson, but football. Mount Rushmore. Oh man! Is Her- Brandon Spikes on it? It'd be considered, but not all. Not as all fielder or his opinion of of Shelby. But it, Brandon Spikes is an NFL football player. I think so. I, I, Jonathan Bullard. I think he was a difference maker. I think you got to look at guys, too, that, that changed a program like a Tim Ramsor. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to have a guy like that on there. I think he'd have to be one of the four. Um, and then I think you got to go back and look at like a Herbert Harbison. You know, you talk about those early 80s, and that's when you started seeing a program become what Crest was able to become and saw the potential there before they went up to 4A. So I think Herbert Harbison's there. I think uh, I think you put spikes on it. I think I put Timmy Ramsour there. What about Trey Harvey? What about Justin Foster? Landon Zanders? Too early to call on those? Yeah, I think those guys are still too young. Honestly, of all the people I've seen come from Crest that I've been – been doing the games the last 10 years justin foster impressed me more than anybody is one is he's on the watch list for one of the that dude players of the year is, this year. he's just a he's a huge man and he's very extremely nice um he's nothing but yes sir no sir to me and and, and he's he's a much bigger man than i if, ever if will be ever been anybody for chris that i've watched just keep their nose to the grindstone and work and get to where he was it's justin foster without a doubt um you know, you talk about players. Do you include a coach? No, I'm gonna I'll just do players. Oh, golly. Justin's listed at six two two sixty five. He seems taller than that, but he's listed at six two two sixty five. Uh he reminds me of Peppers. He's obviously not even that big. Think about how big Justin is and Peppers is four inches taller and thirty more pounds. Right. <laughs> right. God. <laughs> So Foster's listed at six two two sixty. Chaz is six three two thirty. He's got thirty some pounds on Chaz. He's more of a defensive end. He looks like a defensive end or a linebacker to me. I mean, he's just so big. So he's shaped like Peppers got kind of, but he's like I said, he's not that quite big. 
So who are you going with? Who have who, I got on there so far? Well, you've named Ramsour, Spikes, Bullard, uh, Herbert Harvest, and then we've named, of course, Justin Foster, Landon Zanders, and, and a couple of others throughout the years. I think uh, Harvison definitely, Spikes definitely, Timmy Ramsour definitely. Does Bullard get the fourth one? Hmm. I don't know if his impact is his, he was a great player, but mm-hmm. I. When I start talking, was, it, was his teams not that good? Is that what you're saying? No, the teams were good. Yeah, but I also think with those teams, do I include a Raheem Ledbetter? Mm-hmm. And you know, you start talking about guys that did things that uh, for a team, and then I start thinking. I think about two running backs. Do I put does Travis Paget make it or Martre Littlejohn? You know, you're talking about two guys that rushed for uh, 2,500 yards apiece. Harbison had seven touchdowns in a state championship game. <laughs> I, I guess the best way to say it is man we should have been blessed with some players well, well hunter every time we end up doing one we always name three and the fourth one's always the hardest right just gotta spit somebody out just do whatever your heart is man it's yours so whatever yeah. four you want <laughs> I'm, i don't have any input on a crest mount rushmore pj Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i always think about a guy named lucky hopper hey. but <laughs> Willie Green never lost a game That's and true. won a state championship. That's true. Put Trey Harvison on there. Trey got two Harvisons. Yeah. Two Harvisons, Spikes, and Ramsor, according to Robert. And you got Chris Coleman. So you got to kick off Bullard. You got to kick off Foster. Are these on our pass list? Uh, take, off, take, off, take off Herbert Harvison and put, uh, put John John on there. We'll do Jonathan Bullard there. All right. There we go. So we got Rob's. Ramsour, Spikes, Trey Harbison, and Jonathan Bullard, Jonathan Bullard yeah. is what Rob goes with. All right, Hunter, to end the show, tweet of the day. You ready for this one? Yep. James Harden got his number retired. I saw this. <laughs> yes. He did. You ready? Where at, Rob? Where's that? At a strip club. <laughs> After spending $1 million. James Harden had his number and jersey retired at a strip joint after spending $1 million. We talked about Charlotte raining dollar bills. <laughs> all right, Hunter, you got anything else before we get out of here? Nope. <laughs> that, that's all you got. That's, mic that, drop on that. That's gonna, we're going we're gonna to mic drop with, uh, with the, uh, the strip joint, James Harden getting his number retired. At the strip club, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening today to this podcast. And uh, Rob Root, join us. Hey, I, I loved it. Had a great time. Rob, you can come back anytime you want. Monday, Wednesday at, at 2 o'clock. Saturdays at 8 a.m. Uh, for Sports Talk. If you come Saturday, we'll order you some breakfast. Hey. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to Shock Jock Sports Talk on KBCBroadcasting.com.